Welcome to the Castaway Consultants Rewind Series, where we go back and watch all the old Survivor seasons so that you don't have to. You're welcome. And today, we're going to be covering the pre-merge of Survivor Thailand, which is slightly less interesting than what we were just talking about, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. So, uh, <laughs> even though it's better, it's less interesting. we got to admit that, right, yeah, guys? Yeah, I'd rather... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 is more interesting than Survivor Thailand. Either way, with that, I'm one of your hosts, Derek Kupacek. This is me going back, working my way through all these seasons. I haven't seen seasons uh, 1 through 26. I suppose I've seen 1 through 4 now, but working through 5, halfway there. Man, this is fun. I'm Ryan Stacy. I'm your resident super fan. This is my third time rewatching Survivor Thailand, unfortunately. But going back and watching the series again, and uh, it has not aged well, I will say that. Not at all. Uh, so that's a ringing endorsement of the season right off the bat. But yeah, I'm the guy who knows everything about Survivor, and I'm never wrong about anything. Mm. Survivor related, of course. Yes. And I am Josh Wessler. I am a almost super fan. I will consider myself a super fan once I have watched all Survivor seasons. I have currently watched, as of this moment right now, uh, seasons 1 through 20, and then as well as 27, I believe? Yeah, 27 and on. 27 and on, up to present day. Actually, really close to being done now. Hopefully we can uh, knock out those last few seasons and I can officially call myself a super fan. Hell yeah. So what we're going to be doing here is we're talking about the premier Survivor Thailand. We're going back and rewatching all the old seasons to figure out if this is much watch Survivor. Because you, you're busy. You're busy people. We're not, apparently. I know some people are interested in watching the old seasons, but that's a big time commitment. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you if it's worth your time. And we're going to rewatch it for you and let you know if this is one you should spend the time on watching. Yeah, and what's the what's the average like episode count per season? Like 15 episodes-ish? Yeah, 14 maybe. Yeah, so if you get something with assuming that you get, you have something that has like some ads in or whatever, it's about an hour an episode if yeah. you think about it that way. So you can either commit 15 hours per season or you can commit, yeah, let's say like three-ish hours to like a podcast or something like that. We think that is a considerable amount of time saved yes. uh, and would highly suggest it. Yes, exactly. Especially with Season 5. Especially with Season 5. If you've listened to our coverage of Survivor Island of the Idols this season, you know who we are, but if you're just starting with the rewind stuff, uh, welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, this will be. This will probably air also after... Um, Yep. Season 40. Yeah, this will, yeah, you're probably listening to this after season 40. That is right. This is when this is going to air. So, I guess the big question here, fellas, is Survivor Thailand must-watch Survivor? Absolutely not. Skip it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm only speaking pre-merge here, obviously, because we do these seasons in two halves. We do the pre-merge for one episode and then the post-merge in the next. Pre-merge, just skip it. You miss one of my least favorite players of all time and one of my least favorite moments of all time. It's not worth it. It's so uninteresting and when it is interesting it's the worst kind so just skip it and i would agree i don't think it's super necessary there's been seasons that are for the most part forgettable that we've had in the past where like you can make the uh make the point that you would go back to watch just because there's some bad moves and you can really learn from those we are consultants yep so it's always good to point out those type of things but this it's more just for the most part, not entertaining in any of the bad moves in this game are more just common sense bad moves yeah. that you should just kind of assume that you wouldn't make. And the other thing is, that in my opinion, there's eight moments in Survivor history from the first 39 seasons that are basically irredeemably dark and they leave kind of a, a bad taste in your mouth about the whole season. Season five has one of those moments, the first of those moments in the series. It's bad. It's really gross. It's, it's, it's icky. It, it definitely makes you dislike a large 
portion of the cast, and they were already pretty unlikable. So just based on that alone, and then not to mention the fact that the rest of the season is fairly uninteresting, at least in the pre-merge, just a couple of moments. There's a couple of fun characters, but for the most part, there isn't much here that is worth your time. Almost every character sucks in one way or another. I think there's like two exceptions. <laughs> Basically. That's, yeah, that's about right. And it's too bad because one of those exceptions I love dearly is one of my favorite players, uh, just in terms of just how wholesome they are. And so it sucks that they're on this season. You know, there had to be some redeeming qualities. Yep. It, 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 this one is not worth your time, so just listen to us talk about it instead. Yep. You're better off. <laughs> listen to us talk about how much we dislike it, at least the pre-merge. But oh. just in case you want to completely ignore what we've said and you do want to go watch it and you haven't seen it before, go do that now. Come back because this is going to be... As you can probably tell, just full of spoilers. Yeah, we will be spoiling the entire pre-merge. We're not going to spoil who the winner is or anything like that, but everything up until the merge episode we will be talking about here today. So, if you want to go watch, go do it now. Bye. So, before we jump into the episodes, one last thing I want to talk about is the cast. We should just give everybody a quick refresher of the cast. But one thing we like to do is Josh here is kind of our gauge for how memorable a season is. Because, Josh, you're not going to be watching the entire season with Derek and and myself. No, and that's actually one of the other things that I don't think we... We, we kind of said how what our experience is with Survivor, but that's really the other unique perspective that we kind of get through this podcast is we have you, the, as you say, ultimate super fan that knows everything about Survivor, who has seen it now on his third time. We have Derek, who is watching it for the first time with a new, fresh perspective. And then for me, this is my kind of second time. I'm not watching every single episode. I am watching the premiere I'm watching the merge episode, and I'm watching the finale. Just a refresher on who these people are, if I remember anything. But in reality, I haven't seen this season uh, since 2015. So it has been... Four years? As four, five years. Four or five years. Uh, yeah, I guess. It four, about, it's, it's probably about four and a half years since I've seen this. That's a lot of time for me to forget. I have a temple memory in the first place. Mm-hmm. Add four and a half years onto that, gets even worse. So um, we're going to be using you to judge how memorable a season is. Exactly. And we did that by our game that we play every season where we show Josh pictures of the cast and see if he can remember any of them. And Josh did surprisingly well, actually. I'm impressed because last time you got one right and it was Boston Rob. Oh, yeah. Terrible. This time you got four out of 16. You got 25%. That's like your higher score since the first season. Yeah, I think when there's uh, some not really super memorable moments, sometimes they'll stick with you. Yeah. Um, but then after that, like outside of those moments, you completely forget about some people. So like, there are a lot of times where I just was just clueless on... I, I didn't even recognize people, even if I saw their faces. Yeah. Whereas, if I remember correctly, in season four, I, it, I was able to recognize them, even though if I didn't know what they really did. And this time you got two players outright. You saw their face and you remembered instantly who they were, names included. And there was two more. You couldn't quite remember their names, but you were able to tell me enough about what they did on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got Brian and Sheehan outright without, yep. without any help at all. Um, and I think that helps because Sheehan, because uh, she returns. Yep. So it's pretty easy. And then we have Clay. Mm-hmm. Can't forget Clay. Yeah. Maybe you didn't forget his name, but you remember his antics. Yep. And then Gandia was the last one you got. Yeah, hard to hard to forget that one too. Yep. 
Which, and the, the main reason why I didn't get her outright is just because I, I kind of forgot that that was part of this season. Yeah. It was something that I knew happened, but um, I have, since I, when I watched these, like I said, like four or five years ago, I binge watched a lot of these early seasons just because I was in college and didn't have a lot to do. Yeah. So I just watched them one after another and I might watch like six, seven episodes in a day. Yeah. Crazy when I think back to it. But because of that, a lot of these early seasons really mesh together. Sure. So another thing with me watching all of these seasons for the first time, I'm very well caught up, very well versed in Modern Survivor. I'm also pretty well versed with the meta. So there are some things that I have been spoiled on over time. Just you, if you're a Survivor fan, you know these things. Survivor Season 5, I don't recognize a single person. I don't know a single spoiler about it. So going into this, I am fully fresh-faced. I am fully green. I know nothing. So this is truly me experiencing and reacting and, and it's true and genuine, I know nothing. Yep. Ryan warned me ahead of time that there was an icky moment, but he didn't give me any context. Just kind of prepped me for that, and that was pretty much it. So everything that you hear from me, I promise you, is a genuine, I know nothing reaction. Which is what is the fun part. We're going to get to hear some predictions from Derek, and that's always fun for me. That's my favorite part about doing this. So watch Derek watch this for the first time. Even when it's a, a not so fun season like this. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that covers about everything. Oh wait, duh. We gotta we gotta go over the cast. Just a quick refresher on the cast before we get into this. So let's go through the cast real quick. Just to remind everybody who's on this season. So we have two tribes. First is the Chuigan tribe, which is the older tribe, and this one is captained by uh, we're, because this is a, a tribe pick season, which we'll get to in a minute here. But a captain by uh, Jan Gentry, who is a teacher from Florida. We also have Brian Heideck, a used car salesman from California. Clay Jordan, a restaurant owner from Louisiana. Gandia Johnson, a legal secretary from Colorado. Helen Glover, a Navy swim instructor from Rhode Island. John Raymond, a pastor from Louisiana. Tanya Vance, or it might be Tanya Vance, a social worker from Tennessee. And Ted Rogers Jr., a software developer from North Carolina. And then on the Sukjai tribe, which is captained by Jake Billingsley, a land broker from Texas. We have Aaron Collins, a real estate agent from Texas. Jed Hildenbrand, a dentist student, a dentistry student from Texas. Wow, three Texans in a row. There's four Texans on this drive. That's actually kind of crazy. Ken Stafford, a police officer from New York City. Penny Ramsey, a pharmaceutical sales representative from Texas. Rob Zabaknik, a bartender from Arizona. Xian Huang, an executive recruiter from New York City. And Stephanie Dill, a firefighter from Arkansas. So that's our cast. You probably don't remember too many of these people because most of them aren't memorable. So that's about it. Let's jump into these episodes unless anybody else has anything. I'm good. Let's go for it. All right. So episode one is the importance of being eldest. And we're going to do something interesting for the first time. We're going to have the contestants select their own tribes. And they pick the two boldest people in the season, Jake and Jan. And they each get to one by one pick the people in their season. They have to pick somebody of the opposite gender and then somebody from their own gender. And, you know, schoolyard pick them. Two kind of distinct strategies here. One I think was purposeful, the other one wasn't. Jake picks entirely young people, the youngest and fittest, whereas Jan picks a lot of older people. Now, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but I think there is a school of thought here because Jan is visibly the oldest, weakest person. She's kind of an older grandma-looking lady. If you pick other, like, weaker people, you're not necessarily a guaranteed first boot than you would be on a tribe full of young studs, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that Jan accidentally picked herself a very suitable tribe for her. Mm -hmm. I think the only way that Jan's tribe turns out better for her is if Jake were on it, which he couldn't be. Right. This is all hindsight bias, but I think that Jake's strategy was to pick the young people, pick the people who were more physically capable, and then he's thinking, yeah, they can carry me. 
I'll prove my worth. They won't want to vote me out because I'll be stronger than at least the weakest person at all times. So I don't know if Jan was thinking about the fact that she wanted to pick people nearest in age to her or uh, in, in capability, but I think it worked out. And I think that honestly, both of them did an okay job at picking knowing nothing about these people beforehand. Sure. Overall, I think Jake did better, and I think Jake had more reasoning behind his picks, but I think Jan accidentally did fine. <laughs> exactly. That's the beauty of schoolyard pick is you, you have no idea who's going to come out and be really, really good at softball. You have no idea. Yep. Can always be surprised. Oh, yes. And if you can if you can get people to basically have the same weaknesses as you, that's the best-case scenario, but usually you cannot see that kind of stuff just from the outside. I mean, the other kind of twisty aspect is one beach is going to have an easy shelter situation but a terrible water situation the other tribe is going to have a terrible shelter situation but an easy water situation they don't get to know which beach has which they kind of just randomly have to choose a buff and a beach so can't really condemn any choices here because it's pure chance but ultimately we're going to find out the chuigan beach has a cave but they have to go like a mile uh, it's like a mile swim or canoe paddle to get to their water Soup tries to get the water right there, but they have to build their own shelter. Which would you guys rather have? This is the monsoon season in Thailand. It's an easy choice. Give me the cave. Mm -hmm. If you're sick, you can't compete. And honestly, we always hear about how they're battling boredom on the island. It's not that bad to go a mile and get some water. Yeah, that's what they do. You know, keeps you loose, gives you purpose. I would absolutely want the shelter. I think you said that it was random. They didn't get to pick. Yep. Uh, But... I would much rather end up with the, the easygoing shelter. Getting to stay out of those elements, I think, is uh, is huge. On the surface, I actually kind of wanted to choose having the easy water because you can always just build your shelter. And then if you build a good enough shelter, you have everything just right there and super convenient for you. You don't have to worry about like working real hard to get any of your stuff. And what I saw from the, the first episode was they're having troubles getting to their water and it was it seemed like a pretty long trek just to get water i don't know how many like containers they had or like how fast you would run out of that stuff but if you have to do that like do that once twice a day that that can take a toll on you over time especially Uh, if you lose your canoe especially if you lose your canoe obviously hindsight I, if I got to choose and I knew that I was going to have my canoe the entire time, I would probably say that the cave would be better. I agree. If you lose your canoe, I'd probably go the other way, but you know, tie your oh, boat absolutely. up. absolutely. Tie, tie your boat up. Yeah. So right off the bat, we find out on Chuigan that Tanya's getting sick. And we've talked about this a couple of times. We had Jeff Varner back in Australia, uh, Ramona in season one, Diane in season three, Africa. If you get sick, you got to hide it. You got to do, you know, sometimes you can't, but you got to try because this is a great reason to pick you off early. And that's what's going to happen to Tanya pretty mm-hmm. soon. She makes no effort to hide it. So I'm going to criticize her for that, not hiding it. I don't criticize people for how they, their, their actions while they're, they're sick. You can control your words, but this kind of stuff hits people differently. I don't want to chalk it up to lack of preparation, but if you don't, shock your body beforehand with what starvation is going to do and what being outdoors is going to do to you. I I think there is point being, I think there's preparation that you can do. You don't have to go all out camping, but you should spend some time outdoors. You should spend some time on a diet. You You should spend some time getting some weird 
food into your system. Like you can you can never completely replicate the stuff that is going to be going into your system on Survivor, but you can you can throw your your body for a loop by just getting out of your regular habits. And even if you just switch up your diet, even if it's not going to be exactly the same, that I don't know, I would think should help. I have I have no science behind that to <laughs> to say whether or not that would actually help, but you got to imagine that has to do something, right? Well, and the reason that I'm speaking from this is actually a little bit from experience. I live in the Midwest, and the Midwest is known to have very severe temperature fluctuations, sometimes overnight. I've literally gone from 70 to negative 10 mm-hmm. in a span of not 24 hours, but I think it was like 30 hours. That's insane. My body does not handle that well, and sometimes I will get sick. Sometimes even after just overexerting myself a little bit on day one, for example, if you're hiking to a new place, or you're building a shelter, or you're doing that sort of thing, your body can react really negatively and completely overcompensate and lay you up for like a day and a half. I've had that happen to me. It's my biggest fear about going on Survivor. So, I mean, make sure that you're at least conditioned when you go out there. I'm not out of shape, but I could do more. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things, but when you're sick, like I think honestly the best you can do is don't complain about it. Try to be useful. At least try and vocalize what tasks you can participate in. Just try to make the best of a bad situation there. Think about the social game at that point because it, it's it's hard. I, I think that's a no-win situation. And I think she does okay overall because no one thinks less of her. They just acknowledge that she, she's sick. We see Jeff Varner season two vibes yep. here. And even if they don't uh, see anything less of her, still a reason to, to go against her. Yep. Yes, exactly. It's just hard to criticize. Which, which is why I agree with the... You can you can mention it, but just hide it as best as you can. It, I, it can be tough, but as best as you can. Uh, you know what? I, and to go one step further, we're going to see where I can criticize people for being sick. We're going to see that yep. this season. So I promise I, I will flip the script a little bit there. Then we have Pastor John, still on Chewy Gone, who is being bossy, playing an inappropriate practical joke on everybody. So the entire group goes out on a trip to f- try and find the water source. And John, Helen, and Tanya paddle ahead in the canoe. Well, the rest swim, and they end up finding it. The rest of the group gets kind of mad because once they find it, they don't paddle out to help the others get back. And, you know, Derek did say it's not like they could get in the canoe, but it's something to hold on to. And I do think they probably would have appreciated the effort rather than just sitting on the beach waiting for everybody to catch up. So I do think the three of them could have done something there. Yeah, and after thinking about it more, I mean, you could have gone out and gotten out of the canoe and let everyone put an arm on it and yeah. swim the canoe in. Like, there, there, were, there were things you can do. Yeah, that'll rub people the wrong way, I think. But then... He, they, he plays a joke on everybody who wasn't there when they found the water, and he shows them this, like, muddy hole in the ground. He's like, yep, guess we got to drink out of this, or we could drink out of that water over there. Ha ha ha. Nobody really appreciates his jokes. <laughs> I mean, after a long swim on a hard day, don't make people think that they're doing their water like they did in Africa. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> these people will have seen Africa. Yep. So the, And they'll the, just be demoralized. <laughs> just, God. Damn it. <laughs> like, oh, well, I wish we got the other one now. Yep. Over on Sukjai, the majority of the tribe wants to work on the shelter. And we always say, do whatever the majority is doing in these early days. Whatever, you know, you can want to go get food all you want, but if everybody else wants to work on the shelter, you work on the shelter and suck it up. Yes. Jed wants to get food. And so he goes off on his own to find food. This is terrible. Yeah, don't do this, Jed. Jed's going to be the first person voted out of this tribe. This is where it starts. Yeah, and you can't say that it's like 100% because of this, but... You know, it can get the ball rolling and you can just start to get on the bad, not even on the bad side, but you can prevent yourself from building basically the building blocks of 
either alliances or even just mutual friendships kind of I, I don't like just just the very base of a tribe this is how you build social bonds right here right now and if you're going off on your own you're not doing that first impressions first if impressions. you're if you're an isolationist guess what you're gonna get picked off easy vote <laughs> i don't like talking to new people either but i would suck it up and do it you don't even need to talk just be there and build the shelter and listen yep La- and just laugh. be there yeah connect it, it's stupid jed sucks Sorry, and, and I, I will say i think you're maybe blowing it up a little bit for episode one because this is this is an issue uh, for the first couple episodes because yep. soup jai is pretty good in the first couple challenges in episode one i think they just kind of make an offhand comment that jed wants to get food and everyone's like yeah he's not helping with the shelter and that was kind of it so it didn't feel like it was ultra weak but still like you said there's no th- this is sin one yep like this is the worst thing that you can do on survivor is on day one isolate yourself from the group because you are giving them a majority yep Thank you for handing us an easy vote. Now, Shan also goes off to work on food, but that's just because Jake asked her to. And Jake's kind of seen as the leader. He picked this tribe. He's the oldest, wisest person on the tribe. But Rob gets super mad at Shan and just like yells at her, even though Jake asked her to do it. So, bad look for Rob right off the bat. Derek's favorite player of all time. Uh, so Derek's going to have a lot of fun things to say about Rob over the course of the season. Ugh. He's kind of fun in the no. in the premiere, I thought. Skater he's, dude. He's, di- he's different. He brings a skateboard as his luggage. Yeah, he, he's not someone who I completely hated right off the bat. He was someone who was just like, all right, like something's actually going on. It's not just a bunch of just super boring people. This guy's going to be a wacky character. We yep. talked about how there are a couple interesting things in season five, uh, at least in the pre-merge, which is all I've seen. Rob is one of those interesting things. Mm-hmm. But I also said everything interesting is the worst. Mm-hmm. I hate Rob. Now, it's not because of its his appearance. It's not because he's a skater guy. It's not because he has that alternative attitude sort of thing. Uh, you know, that uh, early 2000s kind of grunge feel to him. The early 2000s threw up all over him. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's and, and I, I adore that. I shamelessly love that era because that was when I was coming into my own. I was never that, but I, I knew that. I was friends with that. You know, is everything else about him. Yeah. His personality... It's very negative. He's like, yeah, I'm super energetic. I'm like, yeah, you're like a tornado. You that know, destructive you, energy. Yeah, you've got a, you've got this energy that just rips everything apart, and everyone just wants to get away from. I, oh, I'll, I'll talk more about Rob later. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. So during the immunity challenge, which is like a, it's a water race, like on a boat, and then there's like puzzle stations along the way. And Chewie Gan, the older tribe, is just destroying until Ganya takes a turn on the puzzle and loses the challenge for the tribe. Not great. So Chewie Gan's going to go to the tribal council. And we have, there's four people who are all in the realm of going home. We have John, Pastor John. He's mostly seen as bossy. Clay, because Helen doesn't like Clay, because apparently Clay, Clay doesn't say what his job is. So Helen assumes he's rich. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, you need to like lie about what your job is. Yeah, don't just completely just ignore the question because he, if I remember, he's the only person who didn't say yep. it. Yeah, so it's a little suspicious. And he's not even the richest person on this in this game, but it just it, who is? it, it looks bad. Brian, Brian is used cars, good deal. Yeah, Brian is very wealthy. Um, you think Jake though is a land broker? Jake's probably pretty wealthy too, but uh, you know you assume Clay is because he doesn't say what his job is. What is his actual job? Oh, he owns a restaurant. He's a restaurant oh. owner. Louisiana restaurant owner. Yep. May not be that profitable. Yeah, it's enough to make ends meet. Yeah. Enough to make yourself a good living. Ganya blew the challenge, and Tanya's sick. So those are the four people who are all have their names being thrown out. But ultimately, it's going to be six votes for John. Everybody's going to pile on John, except Helen, who votes for Clay. 
and then John votes for Gandhi, of course. So the question is, was this the right vote? Should they have voted out John here? I say no. I think that, honestly, Tanya is the right vote here. It makes your tribe stronger. And you know what? Yeah, John's got a poor attitude and he's a little bit bossy, but dealing with him for another three days until you get through the physical portion of the early game, use him to help better the camp. Because, I mean, even if he's bossy, at least he's got a work ethic. You don't have to worry about his chores not getting done until you've acclimated to life on the beach. I think John is the wrong move here, but I also understand where it could be a unifying moment for the tribe where if he was that bad socially, where he has isolated himself, that could be a unifying moment. But on paper, I, I don't think that it was the right move. Basically, echo most of what Derek said. If it's for the betterment of the tribe, even if it's not just like physically or anything, then yeah, I'm, I'm fine with John. My instinct would be to go for, for Tanya as well, though, just because you don't know how long that she could be sick for. We've seen people be sick for two, three, four immunity challenges, yeah. and that, that that's another person that just brings you down. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you guys. I'd say Tanya probably, maybe Ganya. Uh, could should both go before John at this point with what we've seen so far, just because Gandhi lost the challenge. And and I don't and I don't like Gandhi. I just want to interject. I, I don't like Gandhi because you don't know what the puzzle is going to bring. She was the only one up on the platform. It's another thing if other people can see that it was easy or whatever. I, I don't think one puzzle challenge on day one should make the difference unless that is literally the only thing. And we had a couple other things to yeah. look at. But from what I've heard heard john sucked so i i we didn't really see a whole lot of that on the show yeah but if that if that is i, I do feel like it was probably a unifying moment and you know we just don't know enough exactly and if, if that was the case then yeah i can understand it but with what we're presented with i probably would say tanya the classic <laughs> we're given one percent of one percent yeah so we'll we'll call it the right move then possibly the right move but with the information we have the wrong move i think was what we should say but on, on paper wrong move but in reality it might have been the right move we don't know for sure on this one so this one's a little odd good enough because we really don't see much of john in this episode mm-hmm. for first booty it's not a ton of screen time not really he, he goes ahead plays a bad joke and gets voted off yep so who is the best player you guys think of the first episode? I, I, I actually had a decently hard time trying to decide this, but I ended up going with Jake. I think that he put himself in a really good position. I know it can be tough being a captain or if you want to even call yourself like a leader of a tribe, you can even be in a target because of that. But I think he put himself in a really good position with a lot of strong people to at least start off hot with possibly winning the first few immunity challenges here just because of the people he surrounded himself with. Plus, if you want to not be targeted as someone who might be a threat or a leader, he can easily step to the side and have one of these other younger, stronger people really take that role and kind of deflect the attention off of himself and onto someone else. So even if he didn't necessarily socially or uh, like strategically like form alliances, I think that he still is setting himself up for a good initial start to the game, which is why I put him as my best. I'm going to go with my usual editology perspective and i went with stephanie actually because obviously this pick for best player does not show well in hindsight Mm -hmm. but in episode one this is what i saw i saw an eight person tribe consisting of young lively energetic people and a positive social edit for Stephanie, who's willing to go out and have some fun, do the old uh, skinny, skinny dipping. dipping in the ocean thing, really meshing well with everyone. Uh, she obviously wasn't, at this point, isolationist like Jed. She was helping with the shelter, doing what she needed to do. And I saw this as a positive show- social edit and then uh, um, a demographic 
construct that would be favorable to her. So I went with Stephanie, and then also she was on the tribe that won immunity. Uh, I agreed with Josh. I went with Jake. Yeah. Putting together a solid tribe and with Sukjai. And then he also stepped up in the immunity challenge and did one of the hero portions and did very well. And the oldest guy in, in the in the game and his tribe to do that and just do so well is impressive to me. We didn't get a ton to work with this episode, but I think it was Jake. Worst player. Mine was Gandia. I think you could also put a little bit onto Tanya just because of the whole sickness thing. Basically, it didn't really seem like uh, she did a whole lot and then didn't really do well on the immunity challenge. And then I'm already, I, I watched this episode and I'm already forgetting stuff about it. Mm-hmm. That's how forgettable it is. Yep. But I don't remember her like trying to sway people one way or the other too much, like trying to fight for herself. So I, I just wasn't overly impressed. I had Rob, Rob with two Bs. I, I think he wins this for me several times in the pre-merge. <laughs> uh, but Rob with two Bs because you don't jump all over someone for doing something that someone else asked, especially someone who's seen more as a leader. If she was supposed to go out and get food to help replenish the people who are working on the shelter, relax, man. You said you're bringing the energy. You're bringing the tornadic negative energy, and you are putting yourself as number eight on a tribe of people who probably don't like negative energy because young people don't like to deal with their problems. They don't like to deal with their emotions. They want to vote that stuff off and they vote on impulse and you're being kind of a prick. So I think Rob is the worst here because even though he was on the winning tribe, I think he's eight. Based on episode one, I think he's eight on a tribe of eight. And he, as a strong guy, should not be that on the first vote. Sure. I had Tanya for failing to do something to hide her sickness and try and fake it. And then she was also part of that group who annoyed the tribe by uh, her tribe by not going out and helping them get to the water hole. That was her and Helen and John. But Helen didn't really do anything else in the episode. So ultimately, and John got voted out. And we, uh, one thing we can't we can't pick the person who get el- gets eliminated to be the best or the worst player. I don't know why they would be the best of the, but maybe maybe you never know. Um, maybe they just got just completely screwed for some reason. Maybe they got idled out. Yeah, sure. They, they got welcomed. Yeah. yeah, but if you get eliminated in the episode, you're not eligible. For this so can't pick john i would if i could but i can't so tanya is ultimately my pick for worst player and now since we're at the end of the first episode this is when derek made his official winner pick josh did his best at remembering and failed to remember who he picked so he told us who he would have picked like i said terrible memory and i since i watched this episode when i was a little kid and like third grade i want to say i picked who i not only who i picked then when i was a kid and who i would have picked now so derek why don't you go ahead yeah the way that I go about my winner picks typically is I, I look at both tribes or, you know, however many tribes there are, and I try and pick one person from each of those and then whittle it down. I picked Stephanie on the one tribe on, on Sukjai, and then I had Brian on Chuigan. And the reason, and I already talked about Stephanie for all those reasons, best player of the episode, but Brian, he only got a couple moments. And it was the classic, hey, here, we want you to get to know this guy. And we're going to throw in that he's doing well in the social game and he wants to be a listener and he wants to observe. I found that to be a pretty good tell of someone who's at least going to go far in the game and someone who is poised to do well. So for that reason, I am going with Brian. I also think that his background in sales means that he can work well with people. He can connect with people quickly. It means you need to be adaptive, adaptable, flexible. So everything about Brian just screams possible winner for me. So that was why I went with Brian. I ended up going with Aaron. 
basically had a tough time choosing. Uh, there wasn't a really a whole lot, like we said, uh, that stood out here. You didn't see a whole lot of strategy. You didn't see a whole lot of alliance building. I narrowed it down to a few different ones. I also had both Brian and Stephanie out there like Derek did. I also thought a little bit about Shean just because she was on screen and she seemed like she was actually knowledgeable in the game. But I ended up just going with Aaron because you saw, I think, one or two confessionals with her. Uh, I kind of went with a little bit of editology here um, and just someone who's not super obvious, but someone who got some sort of screen time. And she just seemed like she was a little knowledgeable on the game and was likable enough. And she was also the last person picked in the draft. And they kind of gave her a confessional to set up like a redemption story. That's right. That's uh, why. That was why you told me. See, I need to. I need to write this stuff down. Yeah, you do. I, I need. To, I need to write a reasoning down behind this kind of stuff because that's. I, I forgot about. Yeah, because I. My main part was that I thought that there was going to be a, a nice redemption edit for it. Yep. Because you only got like one or two confessionals out of her, and she seemed like a really likable person. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? She could. She could do something here. So I'm gonna pick her. I'm going to, when I was a little kid and watched this, my pick was Brian for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, his name is Brian, which is very close to Ryan. Great reason. Number two, he brought a luxury item of, of a guitar, which I thought was pretty cool. He looked like a cool dude. And then three, you know, he like he got, like like I said, like, or like Derek said, he got like enough screen time where he made a mark, but he wasn't doing anything negative. He was doing fine. And then he's got this moment in Tribal Council where he's talking about love's the most important thing. It's all, it's all about love. So stupid. But... You know, it's it's kind of the right kind of thing to say. And this is 2002. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. So that that's second grade me, that's what I picked, or third grade me, I picked Brian. And I stand by that pick today. I think just going over the first episode, there isn't much to work with. I do like Jake, but ultimately I went with Brian. I think I would still go with Brian just because of the same reasons you said, Derek. Uh, he's got just that, like, hint of, like, a setup. Like, this guy's going to have a decent social game. And looks like he's doing all right. And he's keeping his head down in the beginning. And I, and I will say, after the episode ended, I think Josh looked over me and was like, well, Derek, have fun with that. <laughs> I was like, what do I do? <laughs> everyone in this tribe is insane. And everyone on this tribe is, I don't know. Nothing. We don't know. We, nothing, all of you. It was it was an interesting interesting process to, to get down to Brian. That was kind of a mess of a first episode in terms of winner pick. Yep. Episode two, The Great Divide. So right off the bat, Helen and Jan, they go canoeing to find the water hole and get lost for a few hours, like five hours, I think it was, or something crazy. Just funny. Make sure you know where you're going. Yeah, and it's a bad look. Yeah, they, didn't, they, they said they didn't need the map. Don't, don't be proud. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the best case scenario? This is day like four. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's no shame in taking the map. Whatever. It's fine, though. It ultimately, it means nothing. And meanwhile, Clay, uh, Clay, Brian, and Ted are playing golf because Clay's luxury item was a golf club and, and balls. Which, honestly, this is pretty indicative of how this entire pre-merge is going to go over on this camp. Yeah. At least the, the edit that we end up getting. At the time, it seems pretty playful. And they actually kind of put more of a negative on the, the women going to look for the water. Yep. And more of like a, hey, but look, we're old and we can have fun here. Look, yeah, life on the island is great. Or life on the beach is great. Pretty classic episode two kind of stuff. Yep. Well, meanwhile, over on Sukjai, they're still working on their shelter. Jed is not helping. And now Stephanie's not helping either. Just help. I was feeling really good about not picking Stephanie as my winner pick as of about five minutes into episode two. Yep. Woo, dodged a bullet there. And that seems to always happen with winner picks. It's just right away, it's just you either find out one way or the other. It's just like, they might be here a while or the clock's ticking. And they're gone. <laughs> no, that's when that's when my wife is picking a winner. Yeah. But then this is where things get crazy. Suchai goes to get food. And that is what Jed and Stephanie have been preaching this entire time, Right. 
Well, they don't go with, and neither does Rob. What? Why? Because it wasn't their decision to go, so now they're too proud or something. I don't know. I didn't watch the episode. <laughs> it, this just goes to show you that they were doing this to themselves. These are self-inflicted wounds at this point. You are isolating yourself, honestly, in a way, as a, not a power couple, but in a weird way, like this duo of people that can't be trusted. Because you're ne- they're never with the group. Come on. You need to assimilate. This is ridiculous. This, this is Survivor Sin 101. We already saw this like four times in the first four seasons. You've seen them. No excuses. And then, Suche goes to sleep in the shelter, right? Jed, Rob, and Stephanie all go sleep on the beach. To sleep as a group. And then, it rains. And Stephanie just spends the whole night sleeping in the rain while Jed and Rob, I think, go sleep under the shelter. Yeah, and we got a we got like a really quick comment. I think it was either from Jake or Sheehan, but it was, well, they're sleeping underneath the shelter that we built for them. And it was just more, look, these guys' social games suck. It's like, okay, cool, they're hammering that home. But what we're really going to get from this, Stephanie gets hella sick yep. from sleeping in the rain. Now, remember what I said about not being able to help your illness like five minutes ago? That's Tanya. Stephanie, Stephanie literally shoots herself in the foot. Stephanie, you sleep in the rain. You might like the rain, but the rain... Don't like you. Don't like you. The rain feels the same way about you as I do. Nothing. <laughs> you, you, you deserve this. This is all you, you stubborn individual. You deserve to get sick. You deserve to lose this game. I'm so glad I didn't make you my winner pick. Congratulations. You played yourself. This is stupid. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. So we go to the reward challenge for fishing gear. And normally we don't really need to talk about reward challenges, but I just wanted to point out that Penny wins it for her tribe. So, you know, props to Penny. We haven't seen much of her yet, but she wins it. Who? Yep. Exactly. But then on Chewbigon, we get a really nice moment. It's Helen's 20th wedding anniversary. And the entire tribe kind of like throws her a party and they do it like a secret thing. And it's really funny because Helen's like, they're not talking to me. They're hiding something from me. I'm going to get voted out. No, it was just a birthday party <laughs> or, uh, or an anniversary party. I mean, so, ah, yeah, just just what you should expect just, on Survivor. Just kind of funny. It's like, oh, good, Helen, you're 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 reading things correctly. Like they're they're hiding something from you. Normally, it's a bad thing, but for once, it's a good thing. And this was a really back and forth episode in terms of uh, the edit for Helen. Do they like her? or Do they hate her? They're throwing her an anniversary party, but they kind of think of her as this gruff, hard shelled individual who might be scheming or might just be cold. It, it, it's really weird. So you kind of get both sides of Helen. I kind of like that for this episode yep. in terms of like television, but for gameplay, how do you read that? Yeah, it's interesting because it seems like Clay and Ganya don't really like Helen. Yeah, was I mean Clay? He knows that Helen wrote his name yep. down. But what's the vibe on this tribe? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's odd. This is a weird group of people. And pretty much uninteresting, but there are moments. We're, yeah. we're digging here, guys. This is one of Chuigan's best moments in the entire series. I would agree with that. I think it probably is their best. Yeah, probably, actually. It's, it's a nice moment. Suk Jaya wins immunity, and I think most of the blame can be put on Jan for being too slow. And it's, it's a swimming challenge, and you know Jan's an older woman. She seemed to be the slowest during the challenge. So I think we can place most of the blame on her. Yeah. Tribal Council, Tanya and Helen are on the block. Uh, Tanya's sick. Helen's kind of bossy, and Ganya and Clay especially don't really like her very much. But ultimately, it's five votes for Tanya, two votes for Helen, with Ganya being the one person who voted incorrectly. She votes for Helen. Everybody else is on the right side and votes Tanya out of the game. So who should have gone here, Tanya or Helen? Tanya, if she's sick, you don't know how long she's going to be sick. At this point, you need strength. You already got rid of John. It's time. Yeah, 
I 100% agree with this. Uh, it, it's got to be Tanya. I think the only other argument that you can make is maybe Jan, but it's essentially the same argument yeah. as for Tanya. So you don't know what the outlook really looks like for Tanya, so you might as well. Yeah. Just uh, cut it now. And the thing is, what is interesting is they all seem to really like Tanya, and they're all really bummed to vote her out, but it's the right thing to do. And we see this all the time in these older seasons of Survivor. They seem more human, and I think that's genuinely because they are. Yeah. They're casting these people, and so they see Survivor. And also back then, it was way harder to get onto Survivor just by the numbers. You had 100,000 applicants. Nowadays, you only have ten to 15,000. So this is their dream. And so when people are voting someone out for something out of their control, like being sick on day one, I can see that evoking more frustrating emotions from you as someone who needs to vote them out. I'd like to think that I'd be more cold-blooded about it, but honestly, I'd probably be pretty bummed too because I know how hard I had to work to get here and that would suck. Yeah. But it's still the right move. Best player of the episode. So for my best, I had Rob, actually. Rob with two Bs because uh, he seemed to be on the bottom before, but I think he bumped himself up above Stephanie and Jed just by being more together with group. Yeah, he stayed back when they went and got food, but he definitely seemed more cohesive with the rest. So he at least moved up two spots and bought himself two tribal councils. So it was more by other people's inactions that made him the best player by this particular metric. Okay. It makes me feel a little dirty to give it to him because I still feel like he's a tornado of negative energy, but Rob. Okay. Don't say I'm not fair. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, I'm going with Clay. He was on the right side of the vote. He helped with Helen's party, even though he had a little bit of a grudge against Helen for voting for him. And we get to see quite a bit of him bonding with Brian and Ted in this episode. So I think it was Clay, Brian, and Ted all did very well. But I think Clay, who was a target kind of in the first episode, I think he moved up the most of those three. That's fair. So I went with Clay. The other reason I had Rob is because at this point, Suk Jai looks unstoppable. Chewy Gun, although is vibing socially from an edit perspective, Suk Jai is just dominating everything. So I'm thinking about them as a tribe that's going to end up getting doing the paganging to True. someone else and he's third from the bottom on the tribe that's going to dominate that puts him well into the merge that was what i was thinking when i was thinking about rob for best player this episode i'm maybe thinking a little bit too long term classic survivor error i think you guys both have good points uh, and i'm basically just going to be choosing since i did not see this episode i can't really put in a good uh best or worst player uh, i will like to add though it was one of the things that i think ryan mentioned it might have been Derek. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, it was definitely I, one of those two. It was definitely one of us two. Maybe the third person that's here. I don't know. Helen's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, could be, that could be brought in, too, uh, just as more... And it's more of a subtle thing. I don't think it's enough to give her, like, best player. But it's, it's kind of something to consider there. And I, sure. didn't, I didn't hear it come up in any of your um, nominations. But I would go with Ryan. Uh, he, uh, his argument was better, I think. Thanks, man. That's fair. Uh, worst player? I said Helen for being hard-nosed and stubborn and really rubbing people the wrong way. It made herself a bit of a target on Chuigon, and it looked like she very well could be the one going next, assuming the tech person is gone. That was my opinion. That makes sense. I went with Stephanie. She's not helping with the shelter. She didn't even help with the food anymore. She sleeps separately from the others, and she got sick because she's dumb. You can tell I really bought into the Sukjai tribe dominance at this point in the season. I was just convinced they were going to ride or die all the way to the merge with just no eliminations because Stephanie, I think, is the right answer. I don't really take immunity challenges of tribes into account for this. I guess that might be the difference between you and me. Well, and, and I and I usually don't. I, I just felt this was one of those times. I'm, I'm not going to say it's the right thing. It's just how I felt at the time. Sure. But I agree with you because Stephanie literally went from first to nearly last on her tribe. And I think 
I think that's better. You don't even need to pick Josh. Stephanie's the right answer here. Stephanie is the right answer. Yeah. Um, but so I still pick Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, man. So episode three is family values, and here we go. Why do they call it family values? This is the opposite of family values. Hooray. Hmm. Let's go. Let's get into some grind gate. So I don't want to go a whole lot into this because it sucks. But basically, during the night, Ted and Ganya were sleeping next to each other because they had become very close. Which is very common on Survivor. And Ted was, like, grinding up on Ganya, uh, suggestively. And the next day, Ganya confronts him about it because she was feeling very down about this. Ted owns up to it, apologizes, and he's saying he was dreaming and thought he was back home with his wife. And that is why he did it. He was just confused about where he was as he was waking up. Which, you know, that's happened to me before. I've been confused. Like, where the heck am I if I'm sleeping at somewhere that isn't my my normal place? Mm -hmm. Sounds reasonable. And they seem to patch everything up right here, right now. And and nothing else bad happened. Yeah, if if there was no other developments with this, you would never really bring it up again. And this would be not even close to being a notable moment on Survivor. Like, yes, it's uh, a weird, awkward thing. It's, It's more of like... Haha, <laughs> weird, awkward thing that happened. It might not even made it on the show if, if it had just Probably been not, honestly. rushed. If it, if it was yeah. done here. Uh, unfortunately, over the course of this and the next episode, this it's gonna the story of what happened is going to get spread around. Ghani's going to tell Jed and Helen what happened. Brian's going to ask Ted about it. Ted's going to basically just say, hey, don't worry about it. Nothing happened. Brian's going to say or circle back to Helen and say, yeah, he said nothing happened at all. Like a, a bad game of telephone almost. And Helen's gonna say, yeah, God, Helen's gonna go to Gandhi and say, yeah, Ted's saying nothing happened. And it's just gonna blow up and get ugly, ugly, ugly. And this sucks. To take it away from this crappy situation and just into Survivor in general, this, I think you said, you, you brought up a great point of this kind of game of telephone. Mm-hmm. This happens in Survivor where it's this person says this to this, and then it just goes down like, three, four, five levels of just different groupings of people and stories just form and they change and wherever it started at, it's not where it ends at. Whether or not that's intentional or unintentional, uh, depending on the situation, it's it's just a part of Survivor and it's it can be really good for people's games and it can be really bad for people's games. And th- and this is a very, very unique situation. With that it's not about gameplay. Because it's not about gameplay. So it's it, it's just kind of interesting that it's one of those things that are in Survivor just in a really unique and crappy situation. Yeah. I hate this. I hate, I hate all of this. Everybody sucks. It, it's so hard to even go on recording and comment on this because... This is where the human dynamic gets so complex. I mean, there are an infinite number of layers. I mean, we hear a little bit about Gandhi's past with this sort of thing. Yeah, she said, straight up says she's been raped in her past. Like, and, oh, oh and, don't crap. Yeah, and, and we hear Ted talking about how he was sleeping, but how he's committed to his wife and how there would never be anything like that that he'd do intentionally and like you said i mean we all have moments in our sleep where we're fuzzy Uh, my wife will sometimes ask me to do something in the morning if she got up before me and if i'm not awake yet she'll say that i talk to her like i was fully conscious and i will answer with determination and understanding and comprehension and then i'll wake up and be like what i don't i i don't remember you telling me that yes this is a bit beyond that is it within a realm of possibility? Absolutely. Do I think that makes this right or uh, exonerates Ted for what happened? No, I don't. 
it's it's so all I can do is share the facts there. I don't wanna I don't wanna opine on it anymore because it's it's too complex. Yeah. All I can say is like Josh said, that game of telephone, it becomes really dangerous and it's gonna blow up and they're gonna confront everyone in front of the group. They're gonna do a, a like town hall meeting. Everyone's gonna come and uh, Ted and Gandhi are gonna have it out a little bit and it's like Ryan said, it's it's a bad moment. And it doesn't age well. No, especially because I mean, we just watched Island of the Idols. Everything with Dan, ew, it makes it worse. Ryan, you you warned me ahead of time. There was going to be a ton of victim blaming here. Yeah, it's it's ugly. Mostly from Clay, but... Even a little bit from everyone. A little bit from everyone. Except Helen. Except Helen. Helen was, um, Helen was great. Yeah, um, but then Helen, you know, she's going to end up being in a position later on where she's got to pick between Gani and Ted, and one is, in her words, the right moral move, and one is the right game move, and that sucks. Well, and actually, that was between Gandhi and Clay. Oh, Dan yeah, Gandhi and, and Clay. But the point stands. Yeah. And I mean, and that even that is kind of reflected into season 39, yeah, too. Yeah, and that sucks. That would be so terrible. And not just for the people who are involved directly, but for like the people who are just like, wait, what is happening on this, this show now? And now you have to choose. Uh, on national television, you have to make a choice uh, on what is good for you to win a million dollars and what is, in your heart, the right move. And who wants to be in that position? Nobody. Not me, because I want to play Survivor. Yeah. But I don't want to... It's that, it's that tough spot. Yeah. So this this sucks, and nobody is here to watch this kind of junk. We're here to watch Survivor, not this. Not this, not this crap. Yeah. And, so, and, like, yeah, you know what? I'm here for the human moments, but this... Oh, no, just... Oh, man. This, this, this is just bad. It, so I don't really want to say anything too much more about Grindgate until the vote in episode four. We'll have to talk about it a little yeah. bit more. But I think for now, it just sucks. And it isn't handled right by basically anybody. From a, from a gameplay meta standpoint, it creates a social divide. Yeah. Um, really, honestly, between the men and the women yes. here. That's the only notable gameplay thing here um, outside of human moments, which have you know real life lasting psychological effects. I'm not going to downplay that. But from a gameplay perspective... We now have two factions. Yep. On a lighter note, we get the attack zone reward challenge, which is just epic. Basically, if you're allowed to attack the other player if you're in the attack zone and throw each other off of these balance beams. And on Suchai, can Rob, Stephanie, and Jed all get ejected from the challenge because they attack somebody while they're not in the attack zone and then you're DQ'd from the game? Half of their tribe gets ejected. So Chuigan wins. Now, I will say, I think that Jeff was a biased ref here because it felt like Sometimes, you know, if, if Ted had, like, one hand in the attack zone, he was able just to tackle people off. But he was in the attack zone. What would happen, in my opinion, from what I was seeing, Sukjai would be, like, taking their step into the attack zone and then kind of doing it simultaneous. You know, it, to compare it to football, you know, it really felt like a football move was being made here, and it was enough to let him let it go by. I, I think uh, Rob's was bad. Rob's was really bad because he chokes out he, Clay. Yeah, he just grabs... Clay by the throat. I, I, remember, I remember that. He just grabs Clay by the throat, and Jeff's like, whoa, dude, you're out. Yeah, you can tell Jeff does not like Rob. Yeah. Oh, I'm with Jeff. I don't often agree with Jeff, but, you know, I agree with host Jeff quite a bit. This is, I hate Rob. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to make things worse for Rob, he and Jed let, actually let the fishing net wash away. Uh, back of their tribes. They, they lose the fishing net because they didn't tie it up properly. And then they go out looking for it. 
And the camera's like... It's right there. <laughs> yeah, there. where's the net? Where's the net? And the camera literally zooms over their shoulder, and there's the net floating in the water. <laughs> they never get it. I, I can just picture, like, the, the cameraman just, like, trying not to laugh as he's just, like, just, like, <laughs> slowly, like, tilting the camera, like, zooming, just like, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> I, I love when this happens. This is great. One of my favorite things in Survivor, even in Modern, when they're looking for idols, and they walk right by, and the camera they zooms in, just, like... Right you there. see this? It's right, it's right here. Circle it. <laughs> but then we get something interesting. Soup Jai is going to come in for this puzzle challenge for immunity and throw it. They throw the challenge. Oh, really? Yep. I don't remember that. <laughs> because they want to get rid of Jet. Because none of them like Jet. If I remember right, uh, specifically a couple of the girls were like, yeah, I could have helped. So I think Shean was like, yeah, I could have helped. I'm not going to, though. Yep. That, this is ridiculous. Yeah, Shean's like, I could have solved this puzzle in, like, seconds. Maybe you're bragging, maybe you're not. But whatever, Shean. So what do you guys think about the throw move? Then? I don't like it. Because I, I, I'm... 95% of the time, I'm against throwing challenges. I know... I, th- we, I think we've had this discussion in the past. Where I'm a huge um, fan of the challenge throw. Ryan loves the challenge throw. And I, and I get I get Ryan's... I get Ryan's point of the challenge throw in reward challenges after the merge. That, that makes sense. I get that. Immunity challenges, especially like pre-merge, just because you don't fully know what your alliances can look like, I, 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 I just do not like it. You are never 100% on one side or the other in votes, and you can always put yourself up for just being in a dangerous situation. And, and Ryan and I have discussed this. We love a good challenge throw, and there is a time for it. This, this is not, not one of them. And, and don't get me wrong, it's entertaining because... People can do some stupid things, or you can get some like fun comments, just like I could have won. Yeah, whatever. Just ha ha ha. You know, for example, back in Africa, the Silas, the vote to throw out Silas, brilliant move. So that, that was a great move, but this is not it. And here's why. So, as far as we know, let's go, let's put ourselves in the mindset of the season five players. What do we know about the survivor formula? Six people are going to get eliminated, maybe a tribe swap along the way. We don't know if there's going to be one or not. Right. It could be. We're going to merge at 10. It's not true, but that's what we know. That's what we've seen. All right. So we've gone through two episodes so far. There's four more votes. Why are you throwing one here? That gives that's still enough time for them to get a majority back. If you're gonna throw it, you wait till after episode four. Two votes left. Then you can maybe think about throwing a challenge. Agreed. And uh, and I, I would I would even wait until eleven. I yeah. mean in, in modern survivor, yeah, you can't do that anymore. But at this point, I'm with you. Wait until you're at twelve, eleven, if it's that bad. Honestly. I don't see any reason for them to throw any of these challenges because even if Ted is, or even if <laughs> Ted, even if Jed is kind of a lazy guy around camp, you're still winning challenges. You're still doing fine. I Suck mean, it you, up. You, you can vote him out at the merge. Easy. That's fine. Don't throw it here. This is bad. By the way, bring up one more quick example. Season four, Boston Rob. That's the time we said you should have thrown this challenge. Yep. After the tribe swap, just sit down. Make Rob drag you through the maze. Yep. There have been times to throw this challenge. This is not it. This is yes. too early. This is bad. On every level, this is bad. What could possibly go wrong for Soup Jai? Exactly. This is the thing that starts Soup Jai down the, the path to, like, a bad spot going into the merge. Failure. <laughs> Ultimately, it's going to be five votes for Jed because they're just sick of his crap. And then Jed, Stephanie, and Rob all vote for Sheehan because they don't like her. Now, personally, I think it should have been Stephanie because she's sick. I don't... Th- you know, if they're going to throw it and they're going to vote somebody out... Vote out the sick person. Why Jed? Jed and Stephanie both seem to suck. They don't like either of them. Get rid of the sick person. I yeah. mean, well, you threw it for the re- for a reason. So, yeah. obviously, they did what they wanted to do. That was the goal. I think 
Stephanie is a marginally better move because of her physical condition, but I'm guessing there were social reasons here. I don't think it's the right move, but we already agreed that it wasn't the right move to throw the challenge. If you could have won this challenge, none of these people should have gone home. The best for the majority of these people wasn't to go to tribal council. But if they, let's say they had just lost it regularly. Right. If you lose it regularly, Stephanie is the right right move. So this is just bad all around for Suit Jai. Mm -hmm. So for best player, I'll I'll, I'll start us off. I don't have one. This is the first time where I'm going to say nobody played well. Because the entire Suk Jai tribe was stupid to throw this challenge. And the ones who didn't throw it were on the rock side of the boat. They played poorly. Rob and Stephanie. And then Chewy Gone had Grindgate going on, which is just trash. And a lot of victim blaming. So it's hard to give props. So I don't, I'm not going to give it to anybody. I refuse to give out a best player for this episode. For my best, I said, everything is icky. That was pretty much it. They tried to give Brian some social props. Like, I'm just going to sit back and listen. Sometimes it's all about being a good listener. But he makes things worse with his telephone game. Right, exactly. So I agree with you. Every For a best player, everything in this is icky. Yep. No one plays well. That sounds good to me, guys. Who do you agree with? I agree with neither of you. Perfect. And both of you at the same time. Uh, worst player is Rob. He gets ejected from the reward challenge. He pisses off Sheehan even more. He loses the fishing net. He's on the wrong side of the boat. Worst player is Ted. Okay. I'm just not going to go any further about that. Okay. Whether it was or was not entirely out of his control, this has irreparably damaged your game. That's fair. So I have Ted. I, th- I think they're both very solid people for uh, worse, worse players. Uh, and I think it's two completely different like situations. One is in Survivor, one's out of Survivor, essentially. Basically, yeah. Um, Ted's scenario has really nothing to do with like actual... like. Survivor strategy or anything. Yeah. Um, or at yeah, least it, it shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, you, you could say it's like you could. It ties into the the social game, but it's more just a whole lot of just crap going on. Yeah, Rob's is a lot more directly related to Survivor. Yeah. So in in that sense, I should give it to Rob, but I'm still not going to. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Derek and Ted. Fair enough. Who cares? <laughs> give him give him all worse players. Yeah, th- this was this was bad. Moving on. All right, so with that, we're going to move into episode four now, which is great because we're going to have all of this really nasty Ted and Gandhi stuff behind us because it was all resolved. We don't really like each other, but we're not going to talk about it anymore. We're, we're done, right? And, and funny story, I actually stopped watching after episode three. I was going to binge watch some of it through a night where I had some free time and stopped. I'm like, okay, I, I need a breather. That just felt gross. And Ryan uh, talked to me before I started again. He's like, oh, dude, you should have gone one more episode. I'm like, oh, man. We're yep. doing this. <laughs> Here's the second half of this garbage. Episode four, Gender Bender. So both tribes get this giant dummy, like a massive doll thing that they're going to use for this challenge. Uh, it's bigger than clay. That, and they need to decorate it for the challenge. Stephanie, who has been very, very pissy since last night's vote where she wasn't on the on the right side of things she decorates the thing alone she just makes things worse she was mad at everybody the night before and then the next day she basically tells everybody to piss off and she decorates this by herself and and we hear that she basically shrugs off any advances to help people were offering and she's like nope i'm just gonna do it and it's almost like she's angry but she's trying to overcompensate also it's almost like she's begrudgingly saying all right you say i don't contribute fine i'm just gonna do everything and still not talk to you yeah Stephanie's missing the point 
Yeah, lessons were not learned, or the right lessons were not learned. Exactly. Over on Chewy Gun, it's very awkward. It's a very men versus women thing going on here. Brian and Clay both suck. Brian saying some sexist comments. Clay's being more of a victim blamer. They absolutely suck. Yeah, it, it's stuff that definitely hasn't aged well. All the more reason not to go back and watch this season, unless you're interested in watching 5 and 39 back-to-back to see how these things have changed. Yep, it's bad. I, I went from having a very positive view of Brian thus far to a fairly negative one quickly. Yep. It's it's a very bad look for Brian. The the men are just being generally lazy and the women are doing a lot of the work. And Helen, she does not happy about this, but she's like, I'm just gonna keep my head down. I'm pissed off, but I'm just gonna just do this and deal with it because it's best for my game. And, and she's how, dead dog right. How much do I hate to say that that's the right move? It sucks. It sucks and it's very reflective of society, I think. In a, in a lot of ways, not even in a few ways, in a lot of ways it's reflective of society. And that sucks. But I, I have to give major, major props to Helen for this. Yeah, especially to acknowledge that to the camera, I am in a crappy situation. And you know what? I'm going to bear it. I'm going to grit my teeth and bear it. It sucks. I you, mean, you get, you get put into this provider role because... The power of your tribe lies in a group of men who view society as more of like the patriarchy. Yep. How do you, there's no combating that because if you try and raise your voice, which is something that happens in 2019, and I think that's a good thing. And, you know, in 2020, this is a thing that happens today. I love that. That's good. That is helping push society forward. But in Survivor 2002, in Survivor Thailand with this group of people, you get voted out if you do that. You will get voted out in a second. And we're going to see that happen. Good, good move, Helen. I'm sorry you had to make that move. Exactly. It sucks. So, for immunity, it's another puzzle one. And surprisingly, Rob is really good at this puzzle. And he and Sheehan basically win this one. Uh, Rob is just good at spatial awareness, I guess. But yeah, Rob and Sheehan kind of work together and win this puzzle immunity. I was going to say, this is the one where they have to take the the square, cut into different shapes, and then make, uh, I think it was fire and then a temple. Yep. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, it was just kind of fun to see Rob do something good. Are you trying to judge Rob from the outside? Yeah. How dare you? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's got to be good at something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a weird moment, especially because Rob and Shane are going to feud so much over this season that the, the two of them are the kind of the MVPs on this challenge. <laughs> so the, the plan is Chewie Gun's going back to Trouble Council, and Gandia and Jan, they want to get rid of Clay. They, they, they really want to get rid of Ted, but Ted is huge. The guy's massive. Actually, I don't know if he was in the NFL, but he definitely played football, maybe college football. They they made a comment that he's an ex-football player of some yeah. kind. And, he and yeah, he is a big physical dude. I oh, mean, yeah. if you have people who are doing something physical, you, you need people like that on your tribe. He's older, but he's the biggest guy on the season. Right. I, I think that on land, Ted is their biggest asset. On sea, Brian is the yeah, biggest absolutely. asset. So, Ghani and Jan, you know, they, they want to get rid of Ted, but they can't because they need him for challenges. Clay is the weakest of the men. They want to get rid of Clay. Makes sense. Which, by the way, yeah, the the women are... They're, they're trying to play this game the best they can right now. They're trying. They're in a rough spot. It, it is a no-win situation on an out-of-game perspective and uh, no way to better themselves in-game either. It's... This stinks. Yep. Well, I think they're doing it the best that they can because, they I mean, you have three guys, three girls. At this point, if you are able to split it like that, then... Correct. Maybe, maybe that can... Uh, 
correct correct where you're where you're kind of going with just and, this whole thinking of the tribe and that was exactly what they wanted to do gandhi lays it out perfectly she says jan doesn't want to vote for ted because we need ted in order to have strength going into the merge if you know that's coming up clay is the next weakest and clay is also one of the main instigators in mm-hmm. the men and women divide he's he's too old and traditional and doesn't want to change if we can get the numbers now we have the power on the tribe, and then we can do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. I, Gandhi is absolutely right here. Yep. It's a good plan. The men want to vote for Gandhi because they want to just end this Gandhi-Ted feud and maybe make things you know easier to deal with on the island. There's some logic to it. Um, some logic, not a great look. <laughs> it's not a great look. Helen's the swing vote. So she can either force a tie and go to rocks or go with the men and knock out Gandhi. Unless you are the person who's going to get voted out, I say 98% of the time, there's no reason to go to rocks during the pre-merge. And this is one of those times. Unfortunately. It um, Because this is their best, as as the women on the tribe, it's their best play, is mm-hmm. to try to force a vote and then just play the odds. But then the basically the one person that you were saying, like, oh, out of the guys, like, this is the perfect person to go, he's no longer eligible. Like... <laughs> And, and a little bit of credit for Helen. She at least has a pretty good relationship with Brian. So it's not like she's the clear number four, yeah. I think. Uh, I think she's room to maneuver. So it, it's not quite as black and white for Helen. Ultimately, I think she's going to make the right move. As much as it sucks, she's going to vote up on you. Because you still, in the pre-merge, you still get a re-vote, right? Yeah, it would be a re-vote and then rocks. I, th- I think that might actually be the right move. And is to... Is to go with... So my reasoning is what you just brought up is she has a actually good relationship with Brian, try to get him to swing to the girl's side, present a good case to vote Clay out, whatever that might be for them, and then go all in on trying to get Clay. If it ends up being a tie, you're not gonna try you're not gonna try to go to rocks or anything. So then you end up flipping and going for Gandia. But then you still actually have that chance to go out there and get your best option out and then you fall back if you have to. I gave this a lot of thought and I don't think that's the right move here. I think that if we are post-merge and you're working on jury management and you want credit for the human moment while still being given some credit for making the right game move, I can maybe see it. But there was no way that the men on this tribe were going to break up. I mean, I know we're given 1% of 1%, but this was never going to happen. I think it's better to solidify your ties immediately because even if you break it, then people will just think it's because you were selfish and not because you were with them all along. And you need to chameleon with this patriarchal society until it's no longer patriarchal. I don't even know if that's going to happen this season, unfortunately. But you, you got to do the best you can. And I, I really think not forcing a tie and then trading up um, or switching it up, I, I, I don't think that was the right move for Helen this time. But I gave it a lot of thought. Derek, you said everything I wanted to say. Okay. Because I, I, immediately after the episode, I'm like, why, why wouldn't you? I'm like, well... Who's watching? And, and even, you know, if even if you're doing it for yourself, if you're going to switch, you might as well do it right away and try and further your game. It looks a better look for you with the majority if you just do it from the get-go. I suppose. And, but, I, guess, and I guess that also depends on what you, you can, I guess, taking it one step back from what I was saying, try to get Brian to sway. And if you don't, if it's not looking good, then you... Uh, you concede. You can bring it up with him, but I would imagine Brian wasn't even... And if it's as tight as what you guys are saying, then that that would make sense. So it ends up being four votes for Gandia, two votes for Clay. This sucks. This just sucks. Again, not a good look. (laughs) This was bad. Pretty bad uh, two-episode stretch here. Different process, same result as 39. Best player of the episode? I had Shan, stellar in the immunity challenge with Rob. Doesn't seem to be on the bottom. 
in my eyes, she was ahead of Stephanie and Rob as of now, whereas before she had received three votes from uh, a minority of the tribe, but easily could have flipped. Uh, so I said I had Shan. For my best, I actually had Helen for playing the middle in a terrible situation, but making the right strategic moves, keeping her head down, voting out Gandia. Again, it sucks, but she did the right thing for her game. And the only reason I didn't pick Helen is I don't know that she bettered her position on her tribe. I think she prevented herself from falling. Yeah, she stopped herself from falling. So that was the only reason I picked Shean. Yeah, and I think that's a good enough reason for me to go with Derek on this. Okay. Go with Shean, uh, just because it's not a, it's not a bump necessary to Helen's game. Sure. For my worst, I had Clay because he doesn't really help much around camp. He's really falling into that like patriarchal attitude, and he is pissed off all the women, which. Yeah, you know what? There's only two left, but the merge is coming. And if you're portrayed as like that lazy person and the other tribe is not the same way in terms of uh, constitution and belief system, you could be in trouble. It's really easy to get bad talked really quickly. So I had Clay. I had Stephanie for just being so tough to live with and like decorating the dummy on her own and just being prickly. And I already had Stephanie at the bottom of that tribe, so I think that she's the same spot that she was in before <laughs> you see i use that metric for how much they jump up and up down as more of a tiebreaker and uh you know if they just i do i kind of write down how many bad things and good things they did per episode and if it's like similar then i go okay but how did that overall affect their position sure because mm. if somebody did five bad things in an episode and and then somebody just did one bad thing but did affect their ranking i usually go with the five I think I just hate Claymore as a person at this point as well. And that's fair. That is absolutely fair. <laughs> so we have two very different uh, approaches here, and they're both completely valid. Yes. <laughs> uh, I actually think they're both really good options. Uh, Clay, even though he's in the majority alliance, he's in. It seems to be at like at the bottom or at least the weakest member. Um, yeah. But I do think Stephanie just is not doing. Anything. anything. <laughs> She's doing no favors for herself. And uh, and actually, no, she is doing she is doing things. It's just nothing good for yeah. herself. Yeah, she's doing no there's, favors. There's a difference between literally doing nothing on the on the beach and doing negative things. So I, I would <laughs> I would have to go with Ryan and Stephanie here. <laughs> so we have Clay who's doing literally nothing, and Stephanie who's doing nothing by doing everything. Yep. This is amazing. <laughs> Thailand. Hooray. <laughs> All right, episode five, The Ocean Surprise. Ooh. Sounds so, like a drink at Applebee's. <laughs> so the group eats a chicken. And Shein, because she's from Taiwan, and so her cultural background is they eat the entire chicken. So she's eating the neck, uh, some of the organ stuff. Uh, yeah, the neck, the heart. The yeah, big ones. in America, we don't typically eat. The gizzard. Uh, this grosses out some of the people in her tribe. Mostly Rob, but in it. I was gonna give. I was gonna say, give everyone two guesses. And by the way, Rob is on this tribe. Yes, Rob, f off. That is. This is the exact. So the way that I wrote my note, I said, you know what? Yeah, Shean. In general, a rule on Survivor is to be aware of when you're making people comfortable and uncomfortable. This is an exception. This is about food. This is food, Rob. Literally, that means more chicken for you. This is no negative. No loss. Yeah. Quit being a xenophobe. Just shut up. I oh, this is where it like solidified Rob as one of my least favorite players in Survivor history that doesn't have like a mega black mark on their record. Yeah, like he doesn't do anything like disgusting bad. But this now, now screw up, dude. I I try really hard not to overuse phrases like microaggression, 
But th these are all microaggressions because he's going out being like, I just don't understand how you can be such a gross person like that. I don't understand how you can do these things. It's like, that's not micro, but it, even doing that in a confessional shows how unaware and how unself-reflective you are. Yep. Because, I mean, this was literally a positive for you. This is ridiculous. Shan is getting food that nobody else wants to eat, so she can eat it. Nobody else is going to be upset because they didn't get it. Right. She's going to get more calories, be able to help more in the challenge. This is a good thing. Yes, everything about this is good. Now remind me, is this the is this the part where they really amp up like the sound of her eating yes. by the fire? Okay, because this is this is actually one of the few moments that I like vividly remember, just because like it was so unsettling for me. I like I hate the sound of people chewing. Yep, and, um, and that's a fair thing. And, and if you're on Survivor, you walk away. And it was obviously really like amplified by yeah. just like the cameras and like, any mics that they have going and and all that just for. The viewer perspective, I don't even think that you can be super just annoyed by that and you have the ability to walk away mm -hmm. if you're Rob. But I just wanted to throw that out there as from the memorability perspective that this was one of the scenes that I actually very much remember. <laughs> to change directions a little bit, do you know what the right move is what? here? Now, I understand if you got a weak stomach or if you really hate the sounds of food being chewed, like, you know, maybe you, you're sitting right you, next to her and I, and I yeah. can just hear just, yeah, like you got, you got to mitigate the damage at some point. The right move here is to be like, whoa, are you eating the chicken neck? Are you eating the heart? And then let her educate you about the culture and then take a bite of the neck, take a bite of the heart. If you can, I'm not saying you have to, but like. Show that you're open to learning about culture. Show that you are open to this experience. Show that you want to absorb this and you want to live while you are on this island while at the same time getting perfectly good calories that you can use in the next challenge to help keep you around. And it builds a social connection because you're showing, hey, wow, this skater guy who's been kind of like ridiculous is warming up to me or like I'm warming up to him a little bit. Like he built this bridge. Yep. There was a right thing to do, a no thing to do, and a wrong thing to do. Congratulations again, Rob. You have managed to make the worst possible decision. As long as it's genuine, there's always an opportunity for a social moment. Always. Always. Bond with people, people. You just have to... Sometimes you have to look more actively for them. And sometimes you have to step outside your comfort you zone. make an effort. But there's always something there. And I say 99.9% .9 of the time, take it. So Brian and Ted, they're out canoeing. And they make a final two deal. So that's... the. They have a final two deal. Great. Make final two deals with everybody. And since you're bringing it up now, is this the first time that any sort of focus on later in the game has been brought up yet this I, season? I don't think so. I think we had talked earlier, even in this podcast, about where Clay was standing in the tribe. I do think that Brian and Ted have already established kind of a secret alliance yep. where they talked about like body language between the two and this understanding that they have. But gotcha. this is the first time we're going to get a, a whole section of the episode blocked off to develop it gotcha but then ted loses the boat yeah well and it just floats away you gotta tie it up people guess what guys boats float whether you're in them or not yep so ted loses the boat not great rob gets stung <laughs> by a stingray and this all this does is reinforce my theory that you should never go in the ocean never go in the ocean if you're on survivor if everybody else is in the ocean fine you gotta be part of the group and you have to risk it eating my sharks to win survivor fine but nobody else was swimming in the ocean just rob everybody else was just kind of standing by the shore don't go in the ocean. See, I have no issue just because it's part of the experience. Don't go like, in the ocean. Like it's something that I would I would absolutely do. I would I would absolutely go in there. Even if it's not like a huge group, just with like maybe like two or three people instead, if you want to go out there. Don't go in the water. Never never I, I will actually yeah, back that up by saying just never go out alone. Don't go in the water. I, I nothing this argument. 
I think I think Ryan is stubborn. I think you need to go into the ocean to get food. Nothing good has ever happened in the ocean. I don't even care about food. I'm just I'm just saying experience. Plenty of good things have happened in the ocean. No. Like Castaway. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Wonderful movie. <laughs> Nothing bad happened to him. Anyway, Wilson. <laughs> him getting stung by a stingray is going to cause a couple things. One, first of all, he is whiny. Yep. He is complaining and just making a general scene about the fact that he got stung on the ankle by a stingray. Sheehan, I just gave you credit for doing a good thing, but now you are getting mad at him for being whiny. Let him dig his own grave here. Let other people think he's whiny. And then if you want to throw subtle shade later on, that's fine. And for now, just leave him alone. I mean, to be fair, he got stuck by a stingray. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> just absolutely. leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Absolutely. I, I think that if it's an injury, you know, you can ask for help if you need it, which, I mean, he was probably having some difficulty walking, yep. which is fine. But yeah, you know, Karishma, season 39, when uh, she got injured, she didn't make a big deal about it. She ended up getting offended by that, which is the wrong move. Mm -hmm. But don't draw attention to yourself. Don't draw negative attention to yourself. Things that show weakness, don't do that. But I guess Rob, being one of the more physically capable on his tribe, maybe feels a little bit of entitlement here. I don't know. This It turned into a bigger mess than it should have been. So now we're going to get the only time we ever have a tribe auction in the series, which is good. I don't think it's, you know, I'd rather have a, an individual auction. That's more fun. Yeah. I, I was under the impression that each member of the tribe was going to get like 200 bucks. Oh, fun. it was a tribe auction? Yeah. They all had to bid as a tribe, which I don't I think I forgot that they did it, this. It was stupid. I hated but it. But here's what's fun. When they get the tree mail, Jan is just, uh, Jan gets it and gets a bunch of money in it. And she's like, everybody else is in the ocean and she's like shouting at them from the shore like, we got money! Hundred American! Thousand dollars American! And nobody can really hear her or understand what she's talking about. And they're like, what does it say? What does the note say? Are you talking about money? She's like, yeah, we got money. They're like, okay, but what, what about the note? She's like, oh, there's a note! Thank you, we know there's a note! He's <laughs> like, hellfire, woman! I want to know what the note says! A thousand dollars does me no good on the island. And Jan's like, see, I'm going to the casino or something. It's a really funny. Great moment, though. But before the action begins, we get a big thing, a mutiny. You are given the option to leave your tribe and go mm. join the other tribe. Oh, love a good mutiny. Except when nobody takes it. Yeah. Some people should have. So, guys, when do you take this? If you're on the bottom, Stephanie. I think it depends further than just saying that you're on the bottom, because uh, it it depends what the gap is. Yeah. If it's how many people are left on that tribe? Six, seven. Seven on Soup Tribe. If if you are clearly outside of a solid group of six people, a hundred percent you take this. If there are kind of muddied lines, but you're pretty sure you're on the bottom, I would actually probably think about it a little bit more because first of all, if you don't lose immunity, like you're not going to be going home. Yeah. But even if you do lose immunity, like maybe you can actually flip some stuff around. Grass is not always greener on the other side. So I think it's, you have to have at least a 80% certainty that you are clearly on the bottom in order to swap. And we do have this. We have, I think two people who should flip. Absolutely. Correct. And that, and that was a generalization. And not, Jan. not this scenario. Yep, yep, yep. Stephanie and Jan should both flip. Mm, I didn't even think about Chewy Gun. Well, right, because there's there's a bottom on both tribes. Stephanie is the one surefire. Yep. Jan, I agree, should also have flipped here. I think Jan would bond better with a Jake. Yep. Even if she doesn't know this. And Stephanie knows that she's the next one to go home. If you know you are on the bottom and you are outside of a huge majority, there's not even idols in this game yet. There are no idols. There's nothing that can save you. Yep. This is 
that this is the closest thing to a hidden immunity idol you're gonna get. Yep. Now Jan, she's not what we would call a competent player. <laughs> she's just kind of there. <laughs> she- She's just having a good time. I, I can see her being like really prideful in her tribe because that, yeah, that, that's she what it. she picks. So it's like, why would I? Why would I just leave the tribe that I chose? Like that's a terrible look. What it's I, a like, bad move. I mean, it's a bad look. Whatever. I get it. But if you're at the bottom, even if it's the tribe that you chose, you're still at the bottom of that tribe, and the tribe you chose is yep. gonna vote you out. Stephanie, though, there's no debate. She even says I should flip, and she doesn't do it. And then later on, she's like, I should have flipped before they end up going to tribal council. And voting her out in this episode. Take the shot. Yeah. So this is terrible yeah, stuff. Yeah, shoot your shot. She didn't shoot her shot. And she goes, oh. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Stephanie is one of the most <laughs> forgettable Survivor players of all time. And if she'd done the mutiny, she'd be remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if she got voted out right away, yep. she'd still be remembered. <laughs> A little bit. And, and a little we bit would more. be praising her decision. Yep, we would be. So let's go to just before the immunity challenge. They don't have a canoe on Chewigan. Brian and Helen swim to get water before the challenge. Yeah, because remember, this is this is a long it's a swim. mile swim. Yeah. And then a mile back. Uh, I guess, I don't, I don't know if it was a mile total or a mile there and a mile I back. I think it was like a mile total okay. in water. Okay. My question for you guys, should they have waited until after the challenge to get water? Because they had to exert energy to go get water now. Did you say, did they have any water? No, they were out of water. Completely out. Completely out. I think you have to go get water because without it, you're, you're screwed anyway. I think this is a no-win situation. But you need water. I don't know how much water they consume in a day because they've got, what, two five-gallon jugs? Yep. If they lost their canoe, they should have known, okay, maybe we go easy on the water and try and save it and conserve that energy and then worry about replenishing later. Sure. This particular time, I think it's a no-win situation because I'm guessing that they drink a lot of water. Yeah. So you got to do it. You need I, water. I think this is actually more a story of a lack of foresight. Yeah, they should have gone there yesterday. I, one, they should have gone looking for their boat. Not this day. They should have gone and replenished their water earlier. So that's two things already. But I think you also have to look ahead. And it seems like there's been a lot of puzzle-based challenges mm-hmm. that have been going on. And you don't really need a whole lot of strength for something like that. Sure. So if you send people who aren't really strength-reliant to go get the water... I think that you can kind of balance it out a little bit and justify going to get it because you, you did, like you said, it's water. It's something that you just need. So and yes, gonna, you have to go get it, but just be a little smarter about it. The other side of that being though, our brain is like 10% of our body weight, but uses 70% of our energy. So even for a puzzle, you need water. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like, it doesn't matter how you slice it. You need water. Mm-hmm. Yep. So true gun wins immunity. It's a fish shoring immunity challenge. So soup guys going back to trouble council. It's Stephanie or Sheehan. Um, the only reason Sheehan's even thrown out there, obviously, you know, Stephanie and Rob want to get rid of Sheehan, but Aaron and Penny don't like Sheehan, even though they're in an alliance with her. It's uh, the two of them, Jake and Ken, and then Sheehan. It's a great gameplay. So they don't like Sheehan, so they, they're thinking about it, but it ends up being five votes Stephanie, two votes Sheehan. This is the right move. Easy. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Best player, I had Jake. He does a good job of comforting Sheehan when she's having a tough time and makes the right call on getting rid of Stephanie. Uh, Jake is the closest person to Shan in the game, and that's great. Yeah, I actually, I had Jake as well, and the only thing I had to add was, at this point when I was watching, I said, I thought that Jake and Shan were poised to outlast the rest of the Sukjai tribe, because I'm starting to see them fall apart, mm-hmm. piece by piece. And uh, Jake seems to be the only one strong enough to come out, and someone who he chooses to come with him. And I felt like, at this point, it was Shan. Very good arguments. Thanks, Josh. I'm going to agree with both of you. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, worst player is Rob. Yeah, it's Rob. He gets stung by a stingray because he's stupid. He, he annoys Sheehan. Because he's stupid. And he's on the wrong side of the vote because he's stupid. My notes, I, I just said, negative energy compiles, even if it seems like everyone is okay with it and taking it as a positive. Negative energy always compiles, and he is uh, he is stashing away. You dig yourself a hole too deep, you can't get out of it. Now the one argument that I'll make is that we brought up the possibility of Jan flipping, so I think that you could uh, toss it in there as a consideration. But you guys both pick Rob, so I will agree with you guys. Episode 6, The Power of One. Pokemon! Yep. <laughs> Waiting for you to make that joke. I, I hoped you would. Lugia pops out of the ocean and teaches them all how to be good people. Yep. They need it on this season. It's what, they, it's what everyone needs here. Yep. <laughs> so, Rob... Team, Team Rocket steals all the food. Rob gets... No, the monkeys do that. That um, was the joke. Rob gets into a fight with Ken about Rob's name possibly of coming up, but Ken, like, shutting it down... So Rob gets mad at Ken for protecting him? This is just more reason for Rob being the absolute worst. This and whole argument was childish and petty, and I felt so bad for Ken. Yeah, he's just sitting there like, wait, what's happening? And, and bad gameplay. It's, yeah. it's horrible social gameplay. It's horrible strategic gameplay. It's horrible on a human level. Everything about it was just... Because, like, what do you do if you're Ken? You just sit there and just take it? You don't... It's just unnecessary. He gets too mad. I will say, Curtis, he's got to keep a cooler head. He gets aggressive. And, you know, he's from New York. He's a New Yorker. You got to calm down, man. Uh, you're a cop. You can... You, I, you, I, like, I get you want to go into cop mode when a punk's yelling at you and you want to do a cop thing. You're not a cop out here. I hate the excuse of you're a New Yorker. Or, like, Ugh, they're, it's not an excuse. They're from, they're from the it's East Coast. It's not an excuse. I, I, yeah, I've just... I hear it so often, not not super often, but like it, you hear it, met like over and over again about just like oh like they have, they have a really crappy like attitude or like they're a really abrasive person or aggressive person and just not really a good yeah. good person. You can't do that. Either. Oh, they're from the East Coast. They're they're from New York or whatever. It's just no like be better than cool, you're cool from. It, man. Just yeah. I admit this would be the hardest situation for me. I think. In Survivor, or I shouldn't say the hardest. That's that's difficult. I think I actually said something about this during like season thirty nine as well. This would be one of the hardest things. Someone who is very forwardly aggressive toward you over something that you didn't do, but they are one hundred percent convinced that you did do. How do you respond? And and maybe that's a good just reflection moment. Like Josh, what do you do? Someone like Rob, twenty three year old hothead, comes up to you and accuses you of doing something wrong. That you didn't do. Stay as calm as possible and make him look dumb. Because the second that you start stooping to his level or, like, arguing back, lumps you in with him. So, like, if, if you keep your cool and you just kind of make him, like, look foolish in this whole process, I, th I, it, I it doesn't matter what he is saying that you're doing, right or wrong. You can calmly try to defend yourself and that's about it. I would take him for a walk and just, like, try and get out of, like, the shelter of this public area and be like, dude, let's go for a walk and we'll figure this out man-to-man. -man. And I feel like Rob's the kind of guy who might respond to it, like, a man-to-man -man type thing. Like, like, if you present it in that fashion, I feel like that might work. And then try and hash it out and figure out what exactly is going wrong. Because Ken, Ken at first doesn't realize Rob is mad at him. He, he thought right. Rob was just venting. And now you can go back and, like, okay, you're mad at me for what exactly? And figure it out and try and find a way to fix this bridge. And I, I guess what what I was thinking was more that this was already a lost cause, and it was more just like letting him dig his own grave type sure. of thing. Which I, I think 
Ryan is also saying, like, that's already happened. Like, by blowing up in camp, Rob has already dug his own grave. And I'm, and I'm also with you. How do you mitigate the damage? Because step one is mitigating the damage, and two is trying to build a bridge again if you can. So there are two halves to this. I agree with Ryan that at some point you need to take a walk as, you know, quote-unquote, like, men, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bro up and we're going to figure this out. I think in the moment I would honestly say, hey, I think there's been some kind of miscommunication. I don't want to talk about it right now. When you want to talk about it, let's take a walk and give him the power to decide when the solution is going to come about because he's already created the damage. It's not your responsibility necessarily to fix it. You can try if an advance is not made like in, you know, a, a reasonable amount of time. But I think you say, Hey, if we, if you want to work this out, let's take a walk. Like you said, but you tell me because he's too hot right now. Sure. I would not want to do it in that moment. Sure. I, I have dealt with people like this a lot in my life who are so hot-headed and so in their own head that they will never see reason until they've come down out of like whatever the opposite of cloud nine is. You just need to come back down to earth before you can have that conversation. And I would put the ball in his court and everyone would be like, okay, hopefully people see that like, okay, he wants to work with him. He wants to figure this out. He's trying to be a unifier. He's trying to create harmony for the sake of the tribe but he's not doing it at the expense of the person who's creating an issue and is obviously having a hard time with this game. It's really hard to spin this as a positive. Shoot for the neutral effect and team harmony. Sure. I, I, but it's so hard. But Because, yeah, instead, Ken's going to just fight back, and later on they're going to fight some more, and Shan's going to jump in about bananas. Who cares? <laughs> they're bananas. You know, people might steal food. If people are stealing food in your group, you talk smack about them behind their back. That's the move there. Easy. Don't confront them. The other thing about that, though, I, I don't want to let us shrug off the fact that Rob, in the middle of this feud, just decides, I'm going to eat bananas whenever I want. Yeah, Rob sucks. That isn't, you know, we can't help Rob. We're here to help the Ken. <laughs> we already know this. We're here to help the Kens and Sheans of the world. Which is, which is true. Ken needed to remain calm about the fact that Rob was stealing bananas. Just Rob sucks. That's the point. And you just got to talk smack about behind people's back instead of confronting them. That's the point. So on True Gun, Brian, Clay, and Ted, they go hunting for the boat and they don't find it. Suchai wins reward, thanks to Rob mostly. It puts them all in a good mood. So Ken and Rob, go, they go for the walk, and they, 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 they patch things up. They're good now. That, that was good. That was good. Good move for both of them. Yeah, it's the first good thing that Rob has done, like, all season. Yep. We get a weird moment with Jen, Jan burying a dead bat. <laughs> I feel like I just remember a bunch of just okay, like, moments with Jan from this. He's just like, oh, that's right, you're here. Yeah, she's building herself a little pet cemetery over the course of the season. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. But I was eating, like, tacos when this, like, dead embryonic bat is just getting zoomed in on the camera, and I just looked away. I'm like, how am I supposed to eat my taco? This is disgusting. Happily, because <laughs> you're eating tacos. I mean, I ended up eating my taco happily. So immunity, Chugan wins, and this is the 21 flags immunity challenge where you can remove one, two, or three flag at a time. Then the other tribe goes. Such so an I, interesting challenge. I, I like this challenge because this is a challenge in Mario Party 2. Uh, I want to talk about this, the proper strategy for winning this game. For the beginning, you just pick one flag every time. Mm -hmm. Every time until you start getting into the end game mode. Yeah. And then you properly, strategically start picking flags and make them lose. So well, when does the end game mode start? When we're in range. So I'd say around seven. Seven? Seven? Because seven. So, you, so, you have to double the max amount. So the, the number here is four. Whichever tribe has to pick at four, loses. loses. Yep. So 
you need to start thinking about this at seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So wherever you're at, wherever you're at. So I mean, you really need to go up in like increments of three and start thinking about those different tiers of where you are losing control. It's it's an interesting mathematical game, and what I don't like about it is that there is a way for this to be solved. There's no way that this is not solved in some respect or another because if you pick one flag every time someone wins whoever wins if you were to pick one every time has a distinct advantage in this in this challenge and i don't like it mm -hmm. and that's why they've never done this again good uh, this i was, I was gonna ask you do they ever do this one again because i almost went through and i was like okay i'm gonna channel this in case i'm ever on survivor and they do 21 flags yeah. because this is a solved challenge yep and it would be really easy. This is a one and done type of challenge. You can only do this one once. And what's funny is that uh, Suk Jai is going to have a chance to win, and they just lose. Yep. They just they yeah. were, they were <laughs> stupid. They screwed up. But yeah, this is a, there's a Mario Party challenge just like this, but you can pick one or two each time. That's the difference. But it's the same thing. You pick one every time until you're in endgame mode. Mm -hmm. But whoever does the one every time has more control. You want it to be their move at four. Correct. So, so like, you can pick up you, to... So you want it to be your move at seven. Like, yeah. Five, like, five, six, or seven. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's your move at five, six, or seven, <laughs> you've, you've won. won. Yep. If you don't screw up. So Suk Jad, at this point, the six of them have bonded a lot now after their reward feast. And they have an emotional bonding night where they all drink and bond. It's, it's nice. And Tribal Council, I got the vibe that they basically told Rob he was going home. Um, they all vote out Rob. Rob votes for Xi'an. Rob's out of this game. No one spelled Rob's name right. No one spelled Rob's name. Or two B's. This is the wrong move, and here's why. Rob is very against the backstabbiness of this game. He's like, I just want to be open and honest and let people be honest with me. And yeah, he's a bit of a hothead, but he's never going to turn on Suk Jai. We're going to see. Shean is going to turn on Suk Jai. She's unhappy with this tribe. Shean is much more into the schemey part of the game. She's a bigger detriment to the group as a cohesive unit going into the merge. Shan should have gone home here. I agree 100%. And to go even further, even if, even though I hate Rob, I think you send home Shan first, Penny second, Aaron third, all before you get to Rob. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. And yeah, you know what? I, I know that the, I just named off three women in terms yep. of the game, but Shan was the one who was creating the most discord on the tribe. Yep. Penny is well known as a manipulator, yep. a schemer, and a plotter, and Aaron was a close ally of Penny. Penny. So it, it's it's not gender related here. I just yep. think that in terms of creating cohesiveness, with these specific men and women, the three specific men were the most loyal to Sukjai. Yes, to each other. Jake made this tribe, and and let me and let me go a step further. Uh, Shean is the only one who I think is unloyal to Suk Jai. Yeah. I think Penny is the most likely to jump ship, yeah. but... And then Ken, he has that cop mentality where yep. he won't stab any of his, his brothers in the back, that kind of thing. Exactly. So yeah, this was 100% the wrong move. Rob should have stayed and Shan should have gone. I agree. Do you think Rob's hotheadedness would be like potential volatility later? Yes. He's not a great alliance partner, but he's a good number if that makes sense it's a you know going into that and you know old school merge situation he's a good person to have on your side if it's a more delicate balance where like there's been tribe swaps and stuff you don't want him mm -hmm. but he's better than Xi'an in this specific instance well, and also, I suppose and also meat shield yeah that too I, I mean mm -hmm. you can call it a meat shield for the stronger guys and you he's can the also biggest physical threat in the game yep and you can also just say hey look this is a really easy first vote come merge time which you think is right on the horizon. Yeah, the, it's safe to assume the merge is next. Yeah, so there there are a lot of reasons not to vote Rob out here. Yes. Yeah, I think that's completely fine. Uh, that's fair. Derek, give the best player. 
For my best, I had Brian. I said that he has a solid alliance with Ted and with Clay and with Helen and with Jan. Honestly, their whole tribe is pretty solid now at this point, and he seems to be the ringleader, the unchallenged ringleader. And they they want immunity as a tribe and are starting to turn things around. I had Penny. She stayed out of the suit dry fight and talked about, like, yeah, I'm not even just going to stick my head in this at all. One reward, bonded very well with everybody else in the majority. Did vote out Rob, which is a bad move, but I think everything else she did right in this episode. Both of you have very weak arguments. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll go with Ryan. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> Worst player, Dirk? I said Ken because he was involved in the Rob drama. I think he had the most to lose and ended up losing the most. I don't think it ended up changing his position in the tribe, but I also don't think the positions changed in the tribe at all. Sure. So he just had the most black marks to his name after the episode was done. I agree completely. He did some good stuff with the makeup with Rob. But yeah, the fights were bad. Voting out Rob was bad. So I agree. I think Ken is the worst player. You don't have to dig yourself out of a hole if you don't dig yourself a hole. Yep. Sounds good to me. And now you would think we're done. <laughs> if you were making an assumption. And the episode title for episode seven is Assumptions. So the episode begins with Ken and Sheehan bonding over their distrust of Penny. Both of them think she's a very manipulative, uh, sneaky person. That's where we start with. So you got to be better at hiding if you're a sneaky person. We get what we think is a merge, and, and how this works is each, there's five and five, right? So each person in each tribe um, has to paint themselves a different color. They're given five colors of paint, and they beat up, and then the, the, from the persons from each tribe who are the same color, like gold, for example, they are going to have a conversation. So they, they all split up, and, and two of the pairs, they go off to the camps, because they're going to be moving to one of the camps. Shean and Clay go to Chewigon, and uh, Ken and Helen go to Sukjai. We don't get a ton of what's going on with the other three pairs, but at Chuigan, Shean spills everything to Clay. Just tells her everything. And Clay kind of just lends her a sympathetic ear. He's the nicest he's been this entire season. He's like, oh, True. wow, that's so that sucks. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Something Where was would, this, Clay? Something you wouldn't really expect from Clay. Just out of nowhere. Just, um, okay. <laughs> hey, he's one of those guys who's good at first impressions and then maybe becomes more comfortable. Yeah. A little, little complacent. Too comfortable. Mm. Yeah. And Ken and Helen are so wary of each other. It's kind of funny. They're just, like, not spilling anything. Yep. They ultimately move to Chewigon, because the cave. But note, Jeff never says the word merge. He says two <laughs> tribes living on the same beach. So, <laughs> I was halfway spoiled on this, but I the first thing I actually caught was the fact that he didn't hand out new buffs. Mm -hmm. That is, like, that is, like, the first thing that happens when you have a merge. Like, here's your new buff, name the tribe... I would be so... It's called drop your buffs for a reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Everybody drop your buffs. Granted, we're in season five, not season, you know, 35, right? Right. But everybody drop your buffs. There's no new buffs. And I think someone even said, yeah, we're, we're going to get new buffs. Like, no, you'd already have them. Now, Ryan had already spoiled this a little bit to me because, you know, we had a, a target number of episodes that him and I needed to watch in order to record the podcast. So I knew the number was eight. I'm like, well, that's... That's a long pre-merge. Yeah, just the nature of the beast doing this podcast. I had to tell Derek how many episodes to watch. Yeah, yeah. How can I budget my time? I mean, you know, six and eight hours is pretty significant in free time. Unfortunate, but reality. But like I said, the first thing I noticed, like nobody dropped their buffs. So I immediately just sent it in our group chat. Wait, so they're on the same beach, but they're not merged. But these idiots think that they're merged. Yep. This is going to be a disaster for Shean just and that's, immediately. And that's why this is the best episode of the season. This is actually a really fun episode. Heck yeah. I love chaos. Love chaos. So, Chewigon is so good here, especially Ted and Brian, because they really bond with Shean. 
And it's it is kind of funny because well, first Ted and Shannon bonding over there, they're, they're two racial minorities, so they bond over that. Brian is like trying to be a salesman, and he's like put on this like really fake persona, but Shan falls for it. It's it's a really it is really funny because we're gonna see in the next episode, Brian in the next episode Brian doesn't even know Shan's name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he calls her like Sue Wee or something like that. It's it's bad. It's so bad, but it's just Brian. This is like a quintessential Brian right here. To say the good stuff, Shan, I like that you're bonding with the members of the other tribe. Unfortunately, one, be more observant because you're not actually merged. Mm-hmm. And two, there's a way to bond with people without throwing your people under the bus. Yep. If you are merged, you know what? Yeah, this is a more okay strategy, but it's always try. It's always better to try and do things subtly. Yep, and this is the least subtle. As subtle as a drunken rhinoceros. Yep, uh, which is Brian is going to be later. Truth. Uh, Brian gets very drunk in this episode. Doesn't end up mattering, but it is kind of funny. But Shan is just overall felt ostracized by Penny and Aaron. And she's actually really highly considering flipping. And Ken's like, no, please no, please don't. But he's a little bit more aggressive than that. And it pisses Shan off even more. Honestly, from uh, Sukjai's perspective, I understand where Ken is coming from. And he's doing the thing that he kind of did with Rob. When someone doesn't see his way, he gets a little more aggressive. I do think he is more reserved with she, yep. Shan, than he was with Rob. But he was very like, how can you not understand that if you do this, congratulations, sixth place. Is that what you want? Sixth place? Ken is coming to Shan from a logical perspective. And she's not using logic to no. make her decision. And I, I think most people usually use emotion in general. And I, I think coming from an emotional place is always the better way to do it. So I think Ken misplaced this. He needed to come at her from an emotional level and say, Shan, please don't do this. This is going to destroy my game too and Jake's game and you know stuff like something like that. First thing you do is imitate and be like, I understand that Suk Jai does not have good memories with you. But if we split apart now, none of us can win the million. Yeah. And it come on, like, okay, let's get rid of Ted and Brian, or, or Ted and Jen, whoever, pick two. And then, then we'll get rid of Penny. And then we'll get rid of one of Chuyan. And then we'll get rid of Aaron. And we'll never lose control. Like, you could do this in an emotional, logical com- combination. Ken fails to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's on Ken. Yeah. Gotta make Shan want to do this. And to be fair, we don't know what sort of conversations they'd had up to that point, but we can assume that if it was anything good, we would have seen it. Yeah. Then we get to the immunity challenge. Just like, I never said merge. You guys are still two tribes. Oh, it's amazing. Close, oh my God. <laughs> close up on Shean's face. Oh, well. I done goofed. <laughs> better win this uh, Better win this immunity challenge. It's a really good immunity challenge, it's too. Fun. It's a prison break. I love this challenge. We see it from time to time. It's always like, it's really cinematic. Because there's like bars and they're digging. It's a good challenge. I love the prison break. Especially when they're like, you're definitely in like a desperate situation. Yeah. This this is like a the, five five tie, hands down the best episode of the season. I really like this episode. They use their shoelaces. It's, it's great. It's fun. Uh, and Chuigan ends up winning. Suk Jai has to go straight to tribal council. They don't get the time to go back and strategize. They go straight there. By the way, they had named their new tribe and everything. <laughs> it, it was like Suk Suk Jai. Uh, Chu, Chui Jai. Or sorry, yeah, Chui Jai. Well, it was one of the other. Yeah, and it's four votes. Shian, one vote. Penny, easiest vote in history, probably. Yep. Uh, it's 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 a bad deal for Shean. Bad deal for Shean, but man, is a good TV. Because she played this perfectly. If they would emerge, yeah, she played it. If if this was a merge, she plays it 
fine. I guess, yeah, like, I shouldn't okay. say perfectly, but, like... Yeah, because she's going to piss a lot of people off, and those people are going to be on the jury. Guess what, Shane? You went all in, and turns out, like, you weren't playing poker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knew. <laughs> We're still playing blackjack. <laughs> Surprise! So Shane is going to be... <laughs> Hit me. All in. Shan, you're at 45. <laughs> uh, so Shan is going to be the one and only player from Thailand to play again. Do you guys want that? I'm fine with Shan playing again. I think that she got a lot of bad breaks and was uh, maybe unnecessarily derided by her tribe. She's interesting enough where I wouldn't be upset to see her again. But if I didn't... Uh, honest, and I can say this about the whole cast, by the way. If I saw none of these players again, it would not hurt me. But let's say you have to pick one. One, one. one of these people come back. Is Shan your pick? Nope, it'd be Jake. Okay. Based on what I've seen in the pre-merge, it's Jake. Okay. Josh? I nothing her. <laughs> she she has some redeeming moments, but at the same time, it's nothing that's just like, yes, I need her back. Or anything like that. Basically, along, uh, along with Derek, if I had, absolutely had to choose someone, honestly, it would probably also be Jake. But it's not a confident pick. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. I'm I, Shan's fine. If she came back at this point, fine. Yeah, I would pick Jake 100%. Jake is hands down the best person this season. Chance a fine pick. Best player? I had Penny for not going home, and I don't think that anyone else did anything really good here. I had a really hard time looking at the Chuigan tribe and trying to figure out which one of them played the fake merge the best. Brian did a really good job. Ted did a good job. Clay did a good job. But none of them ended up changing any of their positions. Their tribe just ended up being the more powerful of the two. And I just I took that approach this time around, but I understand where you're probably going to pick a Brian. Yeah, because they, they they helped destroy Suit Jai here. Right. Now, of the three, I thought Ted did the best because he found a way to connect with Xi'an outside of the game. The most, I thought, with race. Now, granted, Brian and Clay are both white, so they had no way of doing that. But, Ted, you know, just because that you have the tool doesn't mean you have to use it. Ted has the tool. He used it. I thought... Uh, it was a good way to emotionally connect with Shein, so I thought he probably did the most good. And he probably understood the best what she was facing on that tribe, sure. especially on a tribe of younger people who were less life-experienced. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to Ted. Worst player? I had uh, Ken, because he lost an ally, and uh, Chewie Gun also does not trust him because of the uh, shade that Shein threw on him on her way out. See, what's funny is I picked Penny for my worst player. Ah. Uh. And she, because she made feel Shan uh, feel ostracized, um, and she came off as untrustworthy, did get rid of Shan. But Josh, thoughts? Uh, for the for the best, I would go with Ryan's pick. For the worst, I again, I don't think either are super strong arguments, but I don't think you have a lot to work with either. So I'm <laughs> gonna go with Derek. Episode eight, sleeping with the enemy. Uh, so the last episode of the pre-merge. Brian doesn't know Shan's name, as we established, and also says more sexist things. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Brian sucks. This is aging worse and worse with every yep. episode. Penny, she's trying to schmooze the Chewy Gun tribe, but they all see right through it. It's pretty funny. They're all like, yeah, like, this is... Ted's, like, rolling his eyes. I'd love to do my... I'd love to do your morning workout with you. She and walks yeah. away. Ted's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> it is really funny how, like, transparent she is. Now, I, I will say, like, good on you for trying, but 
bad on you for trying the wrong way. Like yeah. it's better than doing nothing, but that's is about it? that's about where the credit stops. I, I don't know if it is better than doing nothing. She's I, work, it it kind of goes back to like when I said like don't be like do it. There's always a moment for like the social game, mm-hmm. unless it starts to become disingenuous. Then you are actually working against yourself. Yeah, because she's worsening her position. Where she if she did nothing, she's at least staying pat. I guess I'd rather see. Even a disingenuous attempt is an attempt. It goes back to what I said earlier. You know that quote from Michael Scott and Wayne Gretzky. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You can't be genuine if you never try to be genuine. You can't be genuine if you do nothing. Helen talks about food a lot. Don't do this. People don't like this. Brian and Jake hate this. Yeah. So they go fishing in Bond, which is good for both of them. Yep. You know, even if you have a minority people in the alliance, Bond with all of them, they'll give they'll vote for you at the end. And even even afterward, they they basically said, you know, we told each other a lot of nothing, a little of something. We don't really trust each other, but maybe. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to have a strategic game with someone, a strategic relationship, but a social relationship. You should have a social relationship with everyone. Right. In the immunity challenge, this is kind of a weird challenge because it's a team one still, where they all have to uh, go underwater. Put their mouth over basically a... a, a it's a crap. bamboo snorkel. Yeah, it's a bamboo snorkel. Thank you. It's a crappy snorkel. And they just have to breathe. It, it's not a great snorkel, but you just got to stand underwater as long as you can. But you can breathe. It comes down to Brian versus Jake, and it's a cumulative score, but you know how long you're able to stand under between the five or the four tribe mates because it's 4v4, Helen sits out. And it comes down to Brian versus Jake because everyone else goes out within about 10 seconds. It is pathetic. This was stupid. It was angering to watch. Yeah. Because... If you go underwater and don't use the snorkel, you could still stay underwater six <laughs> times as long as Penny did and four times as long as Ken, the police officer who's in shape, did because they made it nine seconds and 15 seconds respectively. Stupid. I mean, and, is it, and it was because it was basically a really like bad snorkel, so yep. like water could get in, but it was like very small amounts. But did yep. it just like freak people out? Yeah, basically. Well, and also if you're breathing and you suck it down your air tube, like you're gonna cough. That's the <laughs> only thing I can assume that happened is that they didn't get the water out of the snorkel. They breathed in and sucked air into the wrong pipe, and then you're out because yeah. nine seconds, fifteen seconds, like whatever. Stupid. This this was such a pathetic challenge. Yeah, and everybody except Brian and Actually, Jake. I, I like the challenge. It's a good challenge. It was just a pathetic performance because yeah. jeff was like you guys could be under there for hours nine seconds later and he comes up what it, the heck it is so bad brian ends up winning how long were that did he end up being under how long he was under uh i think um uh, uh jake was only under for like four or five minutes or something mm-hmm. like that and he needed to beat brian by 16 seconds in order for his team to win it was pathetic. Now, we know that Brian is good in the water, so he's going to be better at this sort of thing, but, I mean, you're standing there, breathing, like, this was bad. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have been mad if Sukjai had lost, because, you know, some people are better at this than others, but just the showing itself was just yeah, terrible. S- six of eight people Too didn't better. even bother to show up. Yeah. So Sukjai, they're going to travel council, it's the four, they're all super tight, they don't want any of them to go home. It's pretty emotional, actually. So Sukjai considers discussing the vote beforehand. They ultimately decide not to, which, you know, open form is usually a bad call, so I don't blame them for doing this. It's whatever. But ultimately, Tribal Council is three votes for Aaron, one vote for Ken. I do think this was the right move for the three, because I think for these people, they're going into the merge now, five to three. What do you do here? Odds are the last, you want to be the last person to stand any of those three. Two of those people are going to go home, it seems like. If you're the last one left, you might have a chance. So you want to go in with the two biggest threats you can get. 
Ken is a big physical threat. Jake is good in challenges too. Penny's the obvious strategic threat and probably might be number one on the chopping block for those three. Right. Who cares about Aaron? Exactly the kind of person that a Chewigon might bring along. Yeah. If Aaron goes with, she's making it the furthest probably. Right. For the other three games, you got to get rid of Aaron here. Yeah. She's the least threatening. Absolutely. Which is extremely unfortunate, but I do agree. Yeah, because Josh, this is your winner pick. Yeah, the redemption edit did not work out. <laughs> so normally this is where we would ask you who your new winner pick is, but because this is the end of the segment, we'll do that in a minute because we're all going to just check in on where we think our winner picks are yep. and who we should pick it out, and we'll just do that then. Sounds yeah. good. And one note before we even do that, I love Jake. Jake's so great. Like... This whole episode, you were talking about how they were having touching moments. He blames himself for losing the challenge. I'm like, dude, you're the only one who showed up. He's like crying and breaking down. Aaron's comforting him. And it, it, nobody wants to see Grandpa cry. Well, and the and three of you made it a combined 49 seconds. Like, if you lose, it's not Jake's fault. <laughs> so, I just, I love this guy. He's such a genuine dude. Jake it's, is so great. Who's, um, is it Roger? Uh, from season two. Yeah. Just reminds me of him. Yeah. Just super genuine, super likable. And, and I think Jake, Jake gets a, a bad rap just because he's on this season. And yeah. People kind of forget about Jake. But Jake is fantastic. Yeah. He makes one ill-time joke here, but that's it. Who cares? Jake is the best person on the season, and it is oh, remotely he, close. Oh, he, yeah. I mean, Jan, Jan is also a really Jake's good person. Funny. But Jake is entertaining to watch as a player. He's you a good connect, guy. You, you connect with him emotionally. He's Jan, got game chops, too. Yes. Jan is a good person. She's just ter- bad at the game. Yeah. Or Jake is good at the game. Yeah. So best player of the episode, I thought, was Brian for bonding with Jake and single-handedly winning the immunity challenge. <laughs> Destroying Sukjai, basically. Yeah. Nope. It, it is Brian. He he saved his team. And, yeah, it was basically single-handedly responsible. And he made a, a bond with Jake. Yep. Uh, it seems very obvious that you guys are in agreement here. I, I think you can put an honorable mention to Jake just because he also went out with Brian on, yep. on there and bonded, um, but obviously they lost, so whoops. And then worst player, I'm going to go with Penny for being seen as fake and manipulative, her pathetic performance in the immunity challenge. She did make the right move in getting rid of Aaron, but... But only because you're put in that situation, yeah. Yeah, nope, that's the right answer. There's There's no argument. Agreed. So that brings us to the next question. Who is the best player of the pre-merge? Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's Brian. Okay. He expertly navigated the social dynamics of his specific tribe, whether that was by being the manipulative social powerhouse on his tribe that everyone kind of uh, responded to the change in his barometer, or whether or not he rode the tides in and out. I, I don't know. But for some reason... No one ever talks about voting Brian out. No one ever talks about Brian being a threat. People are minorly annoyed with Brian at times, but those were typically people who were never in power and never did anything to try and take that power, typically because the guys were overpowering the women. I'm not okay with any of this, but Brian played his tribe expertly. It's almost like he's more uh, subvertly doing what Boston Rob was trying to do before the tribe swap in season four. Mm -hmm. He has got his tribe ensnared. And they came back from a deficit, and now, going into the merge, they even have the numbers. Yeah. So, best player is, is Brian. I'm going to go with Jake, because he picked the Sukjai tribe, and he led them very well. Uh, he put himself in the majority position, but especially considering he's the oldest guy in the tribe, could be seen as weak, 
he isn't, and never any point is he really considered to be voted out. He has the majority the entire time. They make a couple of missteps here and there, but I think none of the real faults to Jack can be laid at Jake's feet. It's definitely more Penny and Aaron, if anything, and maybe some Ken too. And Rob. Well, I, I'm talking about the people who are left uh, going into like this. Oh. The, like the, going into the fake merge. You know, Jake's game is falling apart, but it isn't because of Jake. It's because of everyone else. It's the allies he's stuck with. And that isn't his fault. And then I do think Jake makes some legitimately good moves here and there. He bonds with Sheehan. He bonds with Brian. He tries his darndest in this immunity challenge here. Uh, good dude. He's got a great social game. He's got strategic chops. He's got physical chops. I think it's Jake. Uh, I think that it is very clearly between those two people, mm-hmm. either Brian and Jake. I would love to, love to, love to, love to pick Jake. I, I don't think I can just because of the situation that they end up being put in. Basically the same thing with like what I said for who I thought was like the best of like that for the first episode. Jake put the tribe in a very good cha- like very good position to do well right away and then they self imploded. Yes, he wasn't really a part of it. I don't really know what else he could have done. But at the same time they're still now down five to three. Mm-hmm, so it, even though you still had a really good performance pre-merge, you're going to have to do a lot of work to to crawl back. Sure. So even though I really don't want to, I have to give it to, to Brian there. And I don't want to give it to Brian either because I don't think he's a good person. Nope. I guess Brian just hasn't done a ton overall. And he does. He hasn't. And he, and he did so. I think Jake has done more action, so I think that's wilding on Jake's side. But Brian hasn't needed to take more, so I can totally understand why. And for me, and for me, I think it's actually almost dead even uh and it's going back to your reasoning of like when it's when it's close or like close enough who is in a better position now sure the, he he has an alliance of five uh five versus three here so makes sense i, I kind of have to flip that way uh worst player of the pre-merge ha. worst ha. okay so for the worst player of the pre-merge this discounts anybody who's been voted out at this point so we just have eight people left to pick from can't pick rob you can't pick Sheehan. You got eight. To hell with you, Ryan. Rob is the worst player. <laughs> nope. No, you can't pick Rob. <laughs> Screw your rules. <laughs> uh, the worst player left, I think, is Jan. Okay. I think she is being kept around because she's an easy vote out, and she'll be a threat to win because of likability, but that's her only angle. She doesn't really do anything in this game to warrant any kind of real consideration for Soul Survivor. Um, She has been at the bottom of her tribe for the last four votes. It just so happens that they haven't had to go to tribal council. She could have been gone at any one of those points, and it was never her that put them up over the edge to win those tribals. Yes, Penny is seen as manipulative, and she would be my honorable mention on the other side. Dishonorable mention. Dishonorable, yes. Dishonorable mention uh, for being manipulative, fake, disingenuous, but I ultimately think that as a survivor player, Jan is very, very one-dimensional, and you have to even cut the piece a little bit in order to get it to fit into the puzzle. Yeah, you know, Jan's not helping herself, but I'm going to give it to Penny for actively hurting her own game, because she is probably the primary reason Jan caused Suk Jai to fell apart when they did. I, I think it, it's mostly her. Definitely some Aaron too, but we can't pick Aaron. So the reason why Sheehan leaves is because of Penny mostly. Great, not a good start. Her pathetic immunity challenge performance causes Suk Jai to go in with a deficit. Nobody on Chewy Gon seems to like her very much. They all see her as fake. She's completely transparent. Even pe- some people in her own tribe like Ken don't particularly like her. So I think she's the primary reason of everybody left in the game 
that Sukjai is in the, the bad spot it's in. So I'm going to give it to Penny as the worst player of the pre-merge. And I would actually agree with that. And because I, I think Jan would also be a dishonorable mention. Um, I think Ted is a dishonorable mention yep. for obvious reasons. But I think that it's you have to look at it more as not necessarily what the position that they are in right now is. Like you said... Jen's not really doing a whole lot. She she could go far, but more just as like a goat, and then maybe just be chopped because people think that she's she would get some votes because people like her, something like that. Penny on the on the other hand is part of a tribe of three because they basically self imploded, and it was because of a a lot of other people's actions, but including her own. Yeah. And there's a possibility that they wouldn't be in this spot right now if it wasn't for things that she did. So I think that can be a pretty solid argument of why she should be considered the worst remaining. Yep. Now, even though I obviously have to concede to the numbers who have decided against Jan, my one small <laughs> rebuttal to this is, even earlier in this podcast, you said if Jan had any sort of what we call game competence... She would have done X, Y, Z instead. Yep. Jan really hasn't played Survivor. She has been on a beach with some people who have taken her this far. I know that sometimes that is a game that is played, and I know that sometimes I even champion that strategy in the pre-merge, but I don't believe that Jan is actively taking that strategy. I think she's genuinely out here for the life experience and not the money and just having a great old time with her homies over on Chewy Gone. So, so it's a social game, though. It, it, it's it's a social game by by no intent. Sure. Um, and and now and that's my only rebuttal. But I can't disagree with anything that you guys are saying about Penny being a poor player. And to be fair, a a neutral performance is better than a negative performance. Yes. And the, one other thing I want to say uh, to defend my pick, where, where it's not Jan. You look at this tribe day one. Place your bets. Who's going home? Jan. The oldest one on the tribe. You said, kind of, she reminded you of Sonia from season one, first boot. Yes. How the hell did Jan make it to the merge? Some idiocy. It's on because only Chewy three Gone. people on Chewy Gone went home. That's why. But Jan wasn't one of them. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's because there was someone who would, who no one likes socially, someone who is sick, and one because of stupid reasons. Yeah. But the, the fact that Sonya it, never... Honestly, it probably should have been Jan instead of Gandia, but that's still only one vote. Still, like, but the fact that Jan wasn't voted out, and just, just based off superficial reasons only, it's kind of crazy. Yep. So now let's get into winner pick stuff. Josh, you lost your winner pick. Aaron's gone. Yeah. Who is your new winner pick? I think I'm going to go back to basically what I was saying with my pre-merge best, is that I think you can kind of pick out two, two notable people. Brian and Jake, but I don't think you can really look at it the exact same way as before. Yes, both have looked really well. Uh, yes, Jake is in a pretty tough spot being down five to three in his tribe, uh, but there might be, you don't really know, there might be some cracks uh, in there for, for Chewy Gun. And if you can get rid of someone like a Penny and someone like a Ken first and be the last remaining person, you might. You're going to be, yes, probably in sixth place, but who knows? By that time, you've bonded with Brian. Maybe you've bonded with Clay or Ted and be able to work your way through into the end. I don't really remember how much negative impact like Brian has gotten like face-to-face with people. We've seen a little of those of those tendencies like in confessionals and everything. There's a little bit in front of other people as well. A, a little, yeah. Specifically the other men. But it seems like overall Jake has had a really positive impression on people. So I'm actually going to go with Jake okay. here. I, I think he's going to uh, sneak his way into the end and get some, get some good votes. Okay. Derek, you and I have Brian. We're stuck with Brian. But 
if we, you and I could make our winner pick now, uh, if you could start over right here, would you keep Ryan or would you pick someone else? I will just start with the eight people that are left. I think that the women have zero chance of winning. I, I don't think any of them see final four. I think they'll all be gone. It just seems to be a trend in this season, a trend that I hate, but a trend that is happening nonetheless. That comes down to Brian, Ted, Clay, Ken, and Jake. It's not going to be Ken. Ken is too much of a threat to Brian. It's not going to be Clay. I don't think he has the likability to win at a final tribal council anyway. It's not going to be Ted. He's got too much baggage that comes with him so far in this game um, for obvious reasons, which gets me down to Brian and Jake. I surprisingly think that that will be our final two. I think that we got a small glimpse of it in that canoe. They're just setting it up for uh, a really interesting final two between those two. And I think after that, it's just going to come down to who they think played a better game. And I think it'll go to Brian. I think it'll, I'm just going to stick with Brian. I'm just going to ride or die here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Brian's got the most connections. He has Ted and he has Clay. He has a good working relationship with Helen. Not so much with Jan, but, you know, whatever. And then over on Soup Jai, he's got Jake. It seems like they have a bond there. So I just think Brian overall has the most connections with people. You know, I, I want to pick someone who's in Chewygon just going into this because they, they have the advantage. So I think just based on odds, I'd pick a Chewygon member. And of those five, I think Brian's the clear best player. It could turn on him and they realize he's a threat. Used car salesman, definitely not set in stone at all. But I, I think I would stick with Brian. Riding or dying. Yep. I guess I'm a sucker for both the like the redemption or like the sneaky underdog with with Aaron and like Jake and trying to trying to make their way through. I hope it's Jake. <laughs> I love an underdog, but it's hard to predict an underdog. Yeah, hard um, to pick an underdog. And and to be fair, just talking through it, like my <laughs> reasoning, yeah. honestly, I probably should have picked Jake as my winner from the from the start. But here we are. Here we are. So for the final thoughts on the season going forward, going into the merge, anything else you guys want to say? Well, pre-merge is absolutely not must-watch. Don't waste your time. This podcast was long enough. Yep. And, yeah, we had we had two extra episodes here in the pre-merge, so and it'll be interesting to see, not only, like, for the season, but just, like, for us, like, talking how different, like, it might be for the, the post-merge, so. Weather report? So, yeah, it's rained seven days so far in the pre-merge, which I believe 10 is our record from season two. I want to say so so far we're looking at a pretty rainy season we've seen one person get sick from it we've seen two people sick on the island we've seen Rob get stung by a stingray not really a part of the weather report but it's a part of the climate report part of the environment report Um, nature we can't forget about the monkey whose name is escaping me right now who is uh stealing bananas that's new stealing noodles and bananas and fruit and everything but very rainy season it's definitely having an impact definitely having an impact arguably the most so far in terms of uh, actual weather, but environment still probably goes to season four with the bugs. And then season three with the Africa with the bad water and and the heat too, I think. Man, they all just have their own calamities. Yeah. It's a lot of these early ones. A lot of these early ones. When it's less predictable. All right, that's about it. Unless you guys got anything else. Uh, I guess the only other thing is... Uh, if there's any nominees for most memorable moment of the season. Oh, yeah, so far. Um, the only one that I can think of is the whole Ted Gandhi thing. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's memorable. Yep. So it, it has to be there. So I hope there's I hope there's something that comes up that I can pick instead of it. But for now, that is the uh, nominee from the, pre, from the pre-merge. Well, next time we'll be talking about the very short post-merge of Survivor Thailand. That's four regular episodes and then the merge. 
or the and then the finale. So very probably going to end up being the shortest segment ever for uh, one of these podcasts. For the rewind ones, yeah. Yep, for the rewind. But anyway, this has been the Castaway Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night.